Is me? It's me, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I like was ready and then I doubted myself. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Dramatized Podcast. I'm Lisa Ellis. And I'm Kelsey Maple. And today we're talking about episodes... Nine and ten? Thank you. <laughs> Just say ten and eleven. <laughs> and today we're talking about episodes ten and eleven of The King, Eternal Monarch. It's nine and ten. Dang it! <laughs> you know why I'm confused? Is because I was just watching um, Save Me, and I was like, oh, I'm on episode 11. And so I had like 11 stuck in my mind. I like how you told me, and I immediately forgot within two seconds. <laughs> I mean, it was very funny. So. <laughs> I'm just going to take it from the top again. <laughs> Comedy gold right there. <laughs> oh, now it's just going to be, now there's no way you're going to cut this out. This is out of my no. hands. Mm-hmm. Okay, today we're talking about episodes 9 and 10. I'm not going to even try it again because she's not going to use it. It's so good. Okay, here we go. Oh, these two episodes were so good. I'm actually kind of glad I did episode 9 because I had so much secondhand embarrassment. I had to pause many times anyways. <laughs> so it gave me an opportunity to write down notes and just bask in the secondhand embarrassment i almost couldn't keep watching it took me so long anyway i feel like there's like a pattern being established of the first episode of the pair is like fun times and then the second episode's like real darkness right because <laughs> like no uh. longer do you have all the sad episodes <laughs> i know <laughs> i know like, uh. damn okay i smacked my mic that's gonna be annoying smack <laughs> Smack that all on the floor. Oh, gosh. And so it begins. Okay. Episode nine. I don't know what I'm doing with my hands. The episode starts with... It is a delicioso episode. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. The episode starts with going to Jiang-hee's address, but there's nothing but fields. But damn, gone in those sunglasses. Oh, yes. 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 It truly is a delicious episode. (laughs) Delicioso. Aligon, delicioso, men. (laughs) I can do this. I'm part Italian. (laughs) It's not offensive. Um, But I really liked the cinematography of this scene. Like, the fields and, like, the lighting was just beautiful to watch. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Honestly, this whole show is really beautifully shot. Yeah. And I just... One of the things this show does is does really dramatic close-ups on Gon's face. And it gets me every time. It's so good. Although, one thing I do notice is that when he talks, one of his hairs vibrates above his forehead. And I always watch it. I don't know why. I haven't noticed this, I'm so and now sorry. I'm only going to notice it. Because I just because imagine episode... it, like, a little angry hair, like, he's like, Liram, you're here. And I just imagine it being like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> like, it's all mad, too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh. I mean, it probably isn't that distressing. I mean, it really isn't. That- it's cute. <laughs> it's- I finally... It's a cute hair. <laughs> oh, my God. I finally noted his nose, and, and you're right. It's quite, I don't know. I like it, though. No, it, yes. I just it, kept looking at it. He wears like, it so well. Nice yes, he it does. Is. Yeah. 
Anyway. He posted a video on Instagram today of him just eating ice cream for like two minutes. Me. I bought mochi ice cream when I went to Target. <laughs> this is like an ice cream cone. I don't know. He probably says some stuff too, but I didn't understand it. Yeah. Because that was my thing I did when I went to Target. I was like, I deserve to treat myself because my <laughs> my fire easy. alarm started beeping oh, I at 6.45 this morning. And That's it the worst. scared me. Well, one, one, I was like kind of awake because the cows outside my apartment were mooing so Wait, was it in effing your, loud. The smoke detector in your bedroom? No, it was the one in my living room. And okay. so. Well, that's at least good. Yeah. So I was like, I, I like. I was so mad because nothing's open at 6.45 in the morning. So nope. I couldn't go buy no. batteries. It makes no sense. You should be able to set some kind of like, hey, it's night. Like, give me like a few hours. Give me eight hours. Exactly. But no, it's so dumb. No. Also, it, they're just backup batteries for if the electricity goes out. <sighs> I know. I, it's like you should not be this obnoxious no, it's, for a backup battery. Yeah. 100 percent. i've had that happen to me like legit four times in the past three years i don't know if it's just bad luck it's bane of my existence terribly annoying so what i had to do was i could i was thinking i was like well maybe if i take out the batteries it'll just stop beeping that did not happen but i had to since i have vaulted ceilings i had to put my tiny my step stool on my table oh my and gosh get on the step stool in order to reach my fire no, that was me in my old apartment like 3 a.m one night it started going off in my bedroom and so i had to yeah, put a stool on top of a chair and then reach up there and then i was just so mad. i just ripped it out of the ceiling i was like screw you <laughs> oh i mean i had gosh. like a connection it well, didn't break it but yeah yeah i was just like so no. like <laughs> yeah i tried everything to like think of like how am I going to get this to shut up? And I couldn't. So I just like went into my bedroom and I was like, well, I'm just going to lay here until stores open. So I closed <laughs> my door and I put in, I have like extra, um, uh, ear plugs. Ear plugs. Yeah. And that didn't even work. It, uh, wow. but then I like put my pillow over my head yeah. and for whatever reason it dulled the roar and I was able to get a couple more hours of sleep. Good, and I had good. really weird dreams. <laughs> And yeah, so then I was able to go to Target and I was like, I've had a rough morning. I deserve mochi and I've yes, already you eaten do. three out of the six. So. Good for you. They didn't have any mango and I was sad. They only had strawberry chocolate and something else. So I got strawberry. Nice. Anyway, back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I really want to see like a, a diagram of the connection through that story. <laughs> Well, it was know, like Legon, Legon's complain. nose, Legon eating ice cream, you eating ice cream. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to complain to somebody and you're no, on the phone I mean, and you're stuck with me. <laughs> no, you deserve, because I saw that on your Instagram story and I was like, oh, bless, <laughs> poor soul, that's I know, after I, w I went to sleep at like 2 a.m. because I meant to go to bed before midnight, but then that just didn't happen. And Wait. so I was like, it's 2 a.m. and then it's like, beep at 6 45 and i was like god hates <gasps> me he hates me this is that's that's what this is <laughs> this right is now. punishment yeah that was like i got cursed by nct because already they freaking like let's have a concert at 1 a.m and it was done at like 3 and then i was like way hype so i went to bed at like 4 30 it was awful oh gosh <laughs> yeah because i was just like 
all of the Twitter comments. <laughs> I just could not get to sleep. I guess because my body was like, no, we're partying. We're partying. That's crazy. You probably got your like fourth wave and you were just like on that no sleep high. I did. And I was just like, I'm going to watch Baby Don't Like It for the sixth time. Back to the king. The empty field confirms for Gon that John He is with Lirim and and even though it's work, it's nice to go somewhere far away. Oh with yeah, that Tail. was cute. That was cute. Tail asks if he took classes to come up with these lines. No, he taught himself. She says this is why, and Gon finishes her sentence saying why everyone commits treason. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> I am here I for the dark so humor hard. Of, of the king. I laughed so hard. It was so funny. And then, like, her own reaction. <laughs> just like, no! <laughs> yeah, she just smacks him. Because, no, this is why everyone in the palace loves him. Because he knows how to joke in difficult situations. But she doesn't know how to comfort him. And he tells her, your earth is still flat. Thin as a pancake, she says. <laughs> I think that's what she said. I, don't, I didn't back up to see if that, I don't know, whatever. I may put words in her mouth. He puts his hands on her shoulders, and I literally started shouting at my TV, smooch, smooch, smooch. <laughs> I was so ready for a smooch. But does my episode even get a kiss? I think it does. Does it? Or is that your episode? Your episode gets all the kisses. Anyway. Oh, okay. It is a competition. <laughs> I'm glad that you recognize that. <laughs> Tail thought Gon would want to see Zhang He. What? <laughs> Alternate title to my episode Death and a Smooch. <laughs> <laughs> Tail thought Gon would want to see Zhang He since she would have his mother's face, but he says not at all because she isn't his mother. The face is just a symbol of a person. Tail asks how he goes back and forth between the two worlds. Him and Lirim, which I'm surprised she didn't ask this earlier. Yeah. But Gon says he cannot answer. And Tail's chill with this, which I'm here for. I'm glad she's like, okay, there's like a thing you can't tell me. That's cool. Right. And then I'm also wondering why he didn't want to tell her. True. The only thing I could come up with is he wants to protect her. So in case anyone ever asks her or anything, like she genuinely doesn't know. That, that yeah, was the only that's thing what I, I thought. With. Or, like, if Lidum finds her and be like, where is the flute? She'd genuinely be like, what flute? I have no idea. What? Yeah. She then asks, then is it true that it's your first time dating? He immediately answers, that is an exception to. <laughs> Puts on his sunglasses and walks away. Like, that was, he was just like, cool guy. She runs to catch up with him and asks what girl he made steak and rice for. Gon says he attended the Naval Academy. She is the only woman in his life. <laughs> I didn't guess that. My interpretation was, oh, so you've made a man? I know! Steak and rice? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, just all the semen jokes came into my mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh... I was just talking about S-E-A-M-E-N. You're the one with the dirty mind. She's, I, it would have been better if I argued that like two minutes ago, but <laughs> it's too late now. Wait, you're arguing what? Like, like semen, just men of the sea. You definitely meant that as a pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an age-old pun. 
It's classic. Yeah. You can't deny it. Um, she almost falls while walking backwards, but he catches her wrist to keep her from falling. She takes that moment to hold his hand. She only Very falls smooth. in love. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> she tells him he looked good in a Navy uniform, which, yes, he yes. did. <laughs> he asks why they're holding hands. She doesn't answer, but asks if he made steak and rice for the Prime Minister. He laughs, but we don't hear the answer. Uh-oh. I don't think so, personally. No, I, no, I don't personally think so either. I think she, he likes it whenever Tail gets jealous. Oh, yeah. Next, Gon is at a bakery with Unsup because the bread there tastes like that of the royal court. Who, who knew? Ooh. While they're eating, Unsup asks why Gon brought him there. Gon says, from now on, you must be the real unbreakable sword, which, what the fuck, my guy? But then we find out it's for, I still don't know if it's really for a good reason, but you do you, dude. And so rightfully tells Gon that he's lost his mind. Gon points out that it looks like he's wearing Unsup's coat, and Unsup says, I will do as you order. <laughs> Just give me the coat, bro. The Prime Minister returns to her place, and her mother is stocking her fridge with food. The Prime Minister is upset that her mother isn't wearing the clothes she sent her, which was really... Her mother tells the BM not to waste her money because she didn't wear the fancy clothes even when she had rich in-laws. Her mother asks her to have just one bite with her, and the PM says, How could I eat at this hour? But walks over to eat some of her mother's cooking, which I thought was funny. Yeah, that was cute. Also, I think the whole... Sorry, just to comment on the clothes thing. I think it it brought me back to just, like, the PM being so obsessed with appearances and just, like, like she loves her mom, but you could tell she's frustrated with her mom that she's not putting on this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The PM asks again if her mother sent her the newspaper. Her mother says no. What kind of newspaper was it? The PM says never mind and that her secretary must have made a mistake because lots of stuff gets sent to her office. Her mother brings up Lidem. Did he have a child? The PM tells her not to be ridiculous. He died after he committed treason without an heir. Her mother says that the person who left the umbrella at the store looked just like Lidem when he was alive. That's why she thought he had a son. The PM warns her mother that she'll get into trouble if she says things like that because the king doesn't have an heir yet. A bastard of the traitor? If she spreads rumors like that, it'll be the end of the prime minister. Her mother reassures her that she's the only one she's told. In her in the Prime Minister's closet or bathroom, the Prime Minister pulls out the newspaper and looks at her picture at the baseball game again. We get more of the memory of Shinjay's mother dropping him off in front of the electronics store and tells him to stay there and that she'll be right back. This was so sad. On the TVs behind him is Lee Gon mourning his father. We see a replay of the end of episode eight. Gon asks what else Shinjay remembers. Gon tells him, help me, and then I'll help you. Whatever Shinjay is looking for, Gon is the closest person to getting it. Shinjay says, you want to help me, then get lost to your world. He looks at Yang, who's still pointing a gun at his head, and says, you too. If I spot you again, I'll arrest you for illegal firearm possession. And Shinjay leaves. Gon assumes that since Shinjay only remembers the Kingdom of Korea's emblem, then he came to the Republic of Korea as a small child. But why bring a child to the Republic of Korea? 
Gon thinks that it's because he must have needed his parents. Yang says that he'll investigate the Republic of Korea while Gon is away. Interesting. Why, indeed. Mm-hmm. Shinje meets up with Tail. He says he met up with Unsup, but he wasn't Unsup. But he guesses she already knew that. She asks how much he has seen. But what about Tail? How far has she gone? The science fiction she talked about was about Gon? Does she really believe everything Gon has told her? Tail says, yes, I do. Shinje asks why. What does she believe? Everything, she tells him. She'll explain everything she can to him. She actually needs his help. But Shinje walks away in the middle of her sentence. Shinje goes back to where he used to live. Back in the memory, young Shinje is crying in front of the store because his mother still hadn't come back. Lidim walks up to him and says he must have lost his mom. Lilim says he'll find her. That's when he wakes up with his mother sobbing over him after he's woken up from his coma. What do we think about this? I'm still... I don't know what my theory is. I'm still sort of hanging on to the... The bastard of the... The prince. That is a good point. Because it got brought up again. Or but I mean, really the in the first boy time. Yeah, I... Would have to look like the son of them in the republic of korea yeah that's where it falls apart so, because yeah if everything's parallel as far as lineage it would be weird that it breaks and leader's counterpart yet yeah, didn't have a son yeah so yeah the only other well yeah uh, this is more because we see that his real mom works in the palace yes so maybe it's a way to that's like that's leader's spy and so that's the way, like, he either promised a better life for her son, or he's using him as a hostage, or kind of both. Yeah, it, that might be, I think you're right, that Lidim promised a better life for her son in this alternate universe because they were a really well-off family. And so, maybe. And so, in return, she became a spy for Lidim inside the palace. Yeah, that's the only thing I can come up with. But then it's like, how does that resolve? It's so much less interesting. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that seems the most likely. Because, yeah, especially yeah. also the comment of, like, it's probably more has to do with who your parents are. Yeah. The next day, question mark, the police team is out to lunch to congratulate Unsa for being an ordinary civilian again. Yay! Except Shinjae is not there. Boo! Jangmi gives meat to Unsup, and Unsup gives him a finger heart, which everybody finds weird, but then Unsup clears it up by saying he's two years older than Jangmi. No, I think it's because he says, or Jangmi says Hyung to him, and so everybody's like, what? And then he's like, oh, I'm actually older. Oh, I didn't catch that. I think that's what it was, yeah. Oh, I thought it was the finger hearts thing, <laughs> because he kept I mean holding up the finger hearts, and I was like... Why is that weird? And well, it's like, oh, don't why worry. Is I'm older than him. And I that was is like, weird. Why does that make it okay? I'm so confused. No, I think everyone's just shocked about okay. how young Jongmi is. <laughs> the chief asks Tail if Shinje is coming. She tries messaging him again, and time stops again. And Gon does his weird numbers thing again to see how long it lasts. And it seems to last significantly longer this time. <laughs> Next, we see Lidim adjust the time on his watch and pocket watch pocket watch anyone 
Sorry. <laughs> that was like the only Alice in Wonderland reference I could find in this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> the blank stare you were giving well, me was just priceless. Because just pocket watch anyone, they just broke out laughing. And I was like, well, you missed the punchline. Okay, yeah, no, true. <laughs> so, and I was like, how does this help the plot at all? It really doesn't. That's the, so. the more I see the Alice in Wonderland references, the more I'm like, are they are they just references? Like, I don't, I don't know that they're giving us any kind of clue or hint or anything. Yeah, except now the little, oh. That's is that your in your episode? I think that's in your episode. But now that kid has the Rabbit Hood mm-hmm. and the King Arthur book, mm-hmm. so it's like, what? What does it mean? Anyway, yeah, we'll discuss that in your episode. Anyway, Liam's driver lets him know that a police officer visited the care center and they were able to send away the officer without suspicion. And you were right. I don't know how I missed that. I just didn't. What make- was I right about? That Liam like controls the care center and that's where all the people go yeah spooky stuff yeah and Yongji caused trouble and is in jail the driver canceled the phone (laughs) one could say murder is a bit of trouble right (laughs) so yeah she caused a bit of trouble now she's in jail it's like she murdered somebody yeah and now she's in jail the driver canceled the phone they gave her and he's working on retrieving it and Kim Ji Hwan disappeared <laughs> aka the restaurant owner Liam has his suspicions that gone is the cause of this disappearance and the one thing i like about this show is that nobody plays dumb yeah i think we've talked about that yeah yeah it's nice yeah that they don't have to catch up really late also i like to yeah. say the one thing i like about this show oh there's <laughs> many things i like about I know, this I know. show <laughs> but <laughs> But yeah, like just to reiterate, I like that they've continued on that thing where it's like very obvious connections that the person watching has made, the characters are also making, and they're not playing dumb just to as a plot device. I yes. hate when characters play dumb oh, for plot devices. Totally agree. I'm actually I'm like a total sucker also for the show where you see something play out and you don't know that there's a plan behind the scenes and then it all comes together at the end and you're like, yes! And I think we're like yeah. kind of getting, we're getting a hint of that. Although maybe, it seems like Gon's doing a bit of that, but more so it's like discovering Liam's plot and oh, exactly what yeah. he's planning. That's fun. That keeps it interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The Prime Minister enters her office and she's surprised her advisor is there because he's supposed to be taking the day off. I like, I forgot about this dude. Right? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> right? Apparently, Gon took all the credit for winning the war, so they should focus on unemployment. (laughs) A reasonable strategy. (laughs) Yeah. And so he wants her to meet with this group. I think it's called KU. Mm Mm-hmm. I think so. She doesn't believe that's a good enough reason to meet with them. He brings up that the PM wanted to know where the congressman's photo came from that caused the scandal. Which also, interestingly, going back to KU... That was the building that Gon met uh, Tail in front of when he came to pick her up from Seoul. I don't know if that's totally just a coincidence and they're like, we just have one name for a company here, so you're in front of the KU building. I didn't go back and double check this, but I'm almost positive that the PM says something about like, oh, he's in front of the KU building. Don't know if that's Mm. just coincidence. Mm. Her advisor asks when she's free because Chairman Cho was asking for her to visit. 
He guesses Chairman Cho is bored. She tells him tonight. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> tonight. <laughs> tonight. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. fitting in their situation. <laughs> Gone is in his hotel room, still staring at the phone that he took from the restaurant owner. We get a flashback of Gone as a child sitting at the place where his father was murdered and reciting something over the four tiger sword. I'm sorry, I didn't feel like typing it all out. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, oh, this is before the murder. Okay, cool. Because I thought he was just, I don't know, a glutton Mm. for punishment. Just, I'm going to sit here where my father died. A very traumatic experience. Honestly, these two episodes both, like, the timelines are getting real confusing. I feel like more so, like, I'm not confused, but it's really hard to describe unless you're watching it. Yeah. Like, that's what, because I, they keep doing this thing where they, yeah. I can tell they want to end an episode on a cliffhanger. And so then, like, there's all this stuff so that they want to give you information that happens before that cliffhanger. And so then the next episode begins, like, five days before. Like, this is what happens in the next episode. Because it began, and I was like, where the hell are we? And then, like, 20 minutes in, you catch up to the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is so confusing. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, that timeline was really confusing. Uh, yeah, because you don't, it's like, oh, I saw the past, and now we're in the present? Yeah, when, like, writing it out, I'd be like, Lee gone realize, or wait, did he already realize that? Wait, when did he discover? No, no, because that was ahead of, okay, so now he's realizing, he was just <laughs> thinking about this moment. That, okay, got it. Like, I had to go back, like, three times to be like, when is it, when did he realize this? <laughs> yes, that, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to write that episode. <laughs> anyway, in this memory, Lee Dem walks up and helps Gon when he forgets a part that he's reciting. And that's all I wrote. The phone rings, <laughs> and Gon answers it. We transition back to the memory. Oh, it's because, like, it, like, splices together. It's so, uh. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. a taste of what you had to go through. Just, like, <laughs> it was, like, it was, like, present, past, present, past. Like, all in, like, one uh-huh. sequence. And I was, like. And it's hard with Lidrim, who looks the same. Yeah. At least with Gon, yeah. you can tell. <laughs> yeah. We transition back to the memory, and Lidrim says, or he asks, do you know what the phrase on that sword means? Gon says, yes, it states the duties of a king. Lidem continues with, will he be able to fulfill those duties? In the present, Gon recites this to Lim and then asks, do you remember my voice? Ooh. I remember yours. Ooh. You'll need to hide even better. I've just found out that you're in the Republic of Korea. Ooh. And my one critique of this it was so badass but my one critique was and bitch he knows you're there too get off your damn high horse (laughs) well i guess he already knew yeah well yeah i guess he gets those notes but gone doesn't know that well no because he i think gone knows somehow he's anticipated that because he says a couple episodes ago he was like the problem is that he knows when i'm going and coming but i don't know when he's going and coming i don't think i didn't get that interpretation I assumed that he thought that both of them, like, knew when the other was crossing over. Like, that was the assumption. But neither really knew where the other one was. Except well, I think... Lidem does because he gets those notes. But Gon doesn't know that he gets those notes. Well, the line from Gon specifically, I don't know why I remember this. I think it must, I, like, wrote it down. Because it's like, he he knows I've left, left the palace, but I don't know if he's in this world or the other. So it sounds like mm. he knows that... Either he knows he's being spied on somehow or in some way, or maybe because 
he assumed that uh, Liedem knew what was happening from the get-go. Mm. Maybe. Anyway, I mean, a smart assumption. I mean, I feel like know. Don makes, to go back to your point from earlier, he makes a lot of big leaps, and they're usually right, which is yeah. fine, because, yeah, it keeps us from having to wait, but <laughs> it's like, how did you get there? I guess you're just a smart boy. He's a smart boy. He's all about the maths. Uh, everything you know, can be solved through math. Yeah. He's, you know... Not one of those liberal arts majors. No, we hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and then they both like hang up and like destroy their phones. In I some know, fashion. it's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. Just rips a phone in half. <laughs> the prime minister goes to visit Chairman Cho, who's in jail. And I made so many assumptions before this scene even played out. I was like, "Is this Shinjay's father?" I was like, "He oh. looks too young to be his father." Hit me I like, with him. I don't think so. That was my first assumption. That'd be interesting. I was like, I don't think so, but I thought I'd raise the question. But then it was answered <laughs> in the scene. By the shoes. <laughs> he says that he sees that she's wearing the shoes he bought her. She responds with, you bought it for so many bitches. It ca- became a trend. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> okay. I, mic drop. Right? Like, what a line yeah like what and i'm head bitch so sit down yes son. <laughs> yes it's like you bought these for so many bitches it became a trend and i was like oh. amazing beautiful oh. chef's kiss what a like what a clap back burn like oh i loved her in this scene and then oh yeah and then in my notes i was like wait is this her ex-husband she was married <laughs> Because she says even ex-husbands can be useful somehow. She thanks him for the photo of Mr. Park, the congressman. He asks how the KU gets photos like that. He says, can you not? You just sat down. Don't ask leading questions like that. What kind of, what kind of wife spies on her husband 24 hours a day? She doesn't answer and says, just tell me why you called me. He says, isn't it obvious? He was thinking he would get something in return for what he did. How about a special pardon for Christmas? He's been good. (laughs) (laughs) Just gag. The Prime Minister claps back with, Don't you know that Santa doesn't give presents to guys who commit a breach of duty, embezzlement, and diversion of funds? It's true. He pretends to be disappointed. He even donated to summer church camps. (laughs) (laughs) he then brings up that he saw her photo with the king a prime minister wiretapping the royal court that's treason which i was like what yeah same there's a big leak just from her taking a picture with the king because i think that's his assumption because he knows that he's wiretapped him in the past Mm, so he's like oh so you're you're wiretapping blah blah i don't think he knows for sure but it's like I would not be surprised. Yeah, or maybe that's kind of his joking way of like be of identifying Gone as her next target. Yeah. She says, "Don't blackmail me. I still have the files from wiretapping you." He laughs and says, "She's scary, and he was just <laughs> saying that because he's worried. Is she really trying to become queen?" She says, "Can't I? Greed is the most sincere emotion. What's so bad about that?" She points out that she's achieved everything she wanted up until that point, and she climbed there from the very bottom. He asks how she can be ambitious for her whole life. 
She says because she's sincere about everything, her greed and her ambition too. She gets up to leave, but she pulls out the envelope the newspaper came in. She tells him to find the ones who participated in the treason 25 years ago. He asks why she would negotiate with the traitor's followers. Does she want to catch them to become queen? And she wants him to do that for her? She tells him that if rumors spread about her trying to catch those traitors a year before her term ends, she'll be finished. This is what he's doing on his own. If he wants to at least go to a temple, then she leaves. Boom. I don't understand why it'd be bad if she was trying to catch the traitors, but... I agree. Maybe it would be bad if, like, she started investigating into it, and then that would be, like, second-guessing the ruling that the royal court gave on Yeah, maybe. Beat him. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. The only... Yeah, or it just causes general panic. Yeah. And so they're like, oh my gosh, under your administration that this stuff is happening. Tail is using DoorDash, fun product placement. She just pulls well, it out, and I went, I recognize I that. <laughs> I know what that uh, app is. Is it actually DoorDash? I think so. Oh, okay. I thought it was like some Korean version of DoorDash. That's pretty funny. It might be a Korean version. I don't know, but it definitely yeah. looked like DoorDash to me, and I was like, I see you. I think, yeah, it was probably some equivalent, but yeah, it was so, yeah. again, it was like, there was no point to like a minute of this scene other than product yeah. placement. Yeah. God meets up with her and puts his coat around her shoulders before sitting, which I think that's just like a kink of his. He does that with everybody. Come on, let me tell you. <laughs> when he <laughs> does it, woohoo! <laughs> Even whenever he puts a blanket around Prince Booyong's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the part of that where you said he did it to everybody. <laughs> No, especially when he did it with Ben's Booyang. <laughs> Him just wrapping the pall around Booyang's coffin. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Mine's like you have to go to the worst possible joke right now. Oh, man. Uh, no, no, no. Just, I don't know. I mean, like, it's such an old-fashioned thing. Just, you know, it's little things. Opening doors, putting coats around someone's shoulder. It's like, just hits good. Chivalry. Not dead. <laughs> <laughs> we lo- he is King Arthur. It's true. She says that they're at a popular dating spot. And he's like, yeah, I've been here before. And Tail's like, with who? Caught ya. And it was with the people from the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure, and Transport. Lots of people like that. Are they pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Are they prettier than me? <sighs> <laughs> Those bitches didn't get you shoes, did they? <laughs> You didn't know. You didn't yeah. give those bitches shoes, True. did you? Yes, thank you. There we go. <laughs> she tells him to eat up and to have a good trip. She remembers him saying that he received administration reports on Fridays, and that day is Thursday. And he's surprised she remembers. Tail pulls out a case file and says she thinks the answer to her case is in his world. The man is dead in her world. Gon sees the man and recognizes him as one of the stable men he was introduced to. He says he'll take care of it. Which also, like, props to him for recognizing the servants. I know. Props for doing the bare minimum, sir. Good <laughs> job. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like roasting him today, but... I don't know why that got me. I guess it's just, like, that's how I feel about, like, everyone in this cage. Like, I'm like, he put a coat around her shoulders. <laughs> He's the best boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yang didn't shoot someone. Best boy. <laughs> if you're beautiful, you can get away with the bare minimum. That's so painfully accurate. It is, right? Anyway, he says he'll take care of it, and but he has a job for her, too. He's leaving Yang there and taking Unsup instead. Lidim is in the Republic of Korea. He has to leave to guard the path between their worlds. Lidim must be caught in Gon's world. That's why he's leaving Yang. If worse comes to worse, the only one who can kill Lidim in this world is Yang. He apologizes for causing trouble in her world. She hugs him and says she was just pretending to be okay, but she's not okay. He will be back soon, right? He says it'll be like he's visiting the next town over. That's how quick he'll be. I thought that was cute. Also, we called it. Yes! Is, is getting his queer eye moment from young. Yes! <laughs> Perfection. That's exactly what we said. Yes. And I was like, if we do not get this moment before this show is over, right. I want a rewrite. But we got it. We don't need a rewrite. How fantastic. Oh. Okay, such a good scene. This whole episode, just yes. every scene that had either Yang or Unsip, preferably both, chef's kiss. Yes, I agree. Ugh. Unsip isn't about it and is being annoying, and <laughs> Yang wonders if he should just cut off Unsip's head instead. Ugh. Yang's surprisingly violent. I feel like we're finding out these last few episodes. You need to chill, boy. <laughs> It's so, but it's so, I love exaggerated humor like that. Like, yeah, I could just cut off your head right now. I could do that. Yes. And particularly with his dry statement of just, yes, no facial movement. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I could kill you. Mm-hmm. It'd be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Usip eventually cuts his own hair while Yang watches. Ognam sends a few guards out to meet Gon, and Gon has brought the restaurant owner and tells the guards that he participated in the treason and he wants no record of him being there. And Unsip is dressed like Yang and is holding a red balloon? I, okay, I also did not understand. I guess the idea is he was just like, ooh, birdie, and took it along. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why? <laughs> like a kid at the dentist. But also, like, this is terrifying how they're just, like, lock him up with no yeah. record and f- indefinitely. Like, I guess Kingdom of Korea does not have habeas corpus, so that's sketchy. Yeah. At least the king doesn't have habeas corpus. Who knows if the actual police force does. Well, but you would hope that that's, a, like, inherent right yeah. for anyone. Sort of undercuts it if the king could just be like, I'm going to lock anyone up at any time with no record and no trial. But I kind of like that that maybe could be a fact because, like, we're seeing a darker side of Gone and I kind of like it. No. Oh, God. No, Kelsey! It's just, <laughs> it's just, That's supposed it's to be just me. like Whoa. when the crown prince in Rookie Historian, you were like, ooh, a darker side of the crown prince. And I was like, no. And now in this, in this show, I'm like, I like seeing this darker side of Gone. And you're like, no. When yes. was I ever? Was I into yes. dark? Was I into Kylo Jin? Oh, <laughs> that's all I ever call him in my yes. head. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> but no, <laughs> oh, no, this I'm is too dark for me, it. Kelsey. I don't know. No, he does. He starts doing some sketchy stuff. Let me. I don't want him to do it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's gonna be really interesting if he does. It is interesting. Well, I think it. it I hope the show addresses the broader question because it is like he is locking people up and the next episode he is like 
covering up the facts, stopping the truth, you know, stopping videos from getting out. He's doing some really despotic activity. It's like, how deep are you planning on going to put a stop to lead? Do not. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't breath know. Yeah, got me. <laughs> Oh, we used to, okay. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I hope it touches on that. I don't, I don't have faith that it will, honestly, but I hope it does bring up, like, yeah, he, he is doing, it's the whole ends justifies the means thing. You know, he is like, I gotta do what's, what I think is right. I think, yeah, I think in yeah. Don's mind, it's just whatever, whatever it takes when it comes to lead him. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's an element of that. And because it is, and we see a bit of that, like, last episode when yeah. he was like, this is a suicide order, and he was just, like, getting so mad. At, like, you could tell. It, yeah. It's getting into a personal level with him. So it's getting dark. And I also, I do think there's an element more, this is more so with the the uh, quelling the information. Yeah. This is next episode, really, with the stop getting the video out. I think, I mean, I understand where he's coming from in the sense of, if this got out, it would cause mass mass panic. I mean, just knowing Liedem's alive somehow is immortal. And then if that got to no, there's two parallel worlds. I can understand why you wouldn't want that to get out. So I'm not I'm not super unsympathetic or un, I understand that one. But I don't know that I necessarily it's, agree yeah. with it either. It, it's a it, it goes, sticky situation because <laughs> it goes against that like an inherently American thing where I'm like, but freedom of speech. Yeah, it's dude. He's definitely between a rock and a hard place. Definitely. Yeah, and I'd like it to address, i like the show to address it, but I, I think it, it I, I doubt it, it will, yeah. but we'll see. It might, I think it might address Legon going to a darker place. I don't know that it will necessarily address him being a questionable I king. think <laughs> it might, because it feels almost like that goes hand in hand. Ooh, that, true. That would be Because that would be awesome. Legon going into a darker place makes him a questionable king. Yeah, true. I just I hope they bring up the whole keeping the information from people and basically just yeah. blatantly lying yeah. to people. Yeah, but we'll see. Props to his press lady; she did a fantastic job. Oh yeah, yeah. Secretary Mo, she's the MVP. Unsip is putting on. Oh my god, this scene! Unsip is putting on a bulletproof vest and complains that it feels like he's joining the military yes. again. And I was like, I don't know why Gon oh. thought this was a good idea to bring Unsip. His accent is so thick. I know and why. Of course, his sub captain notices. And it's like, and like, why could he not just be like, Yon exactly. taking an extended like, vacation? It truly, I think just truly. for comedy, they were like, this is funny, and it really is. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's the best part of the episode, so we're not mad about it. And Unsip just keeps talking to himself. The this is my favorite part. The sub captain walks up to him and asks if he's going home. When should he report what happened while he was away? Unsip is amazed at the man's accent because it's a North Korean accent. And then this moment happens and he just goes, <laughs> winter is coming. <laughs> I wheezed so hard. I could not. That was the funniest thing to me. <laughs> winter is coming. <laughs> just turns, turns to the side, whispers, winter is coming. And I was like, what? Which made me think, I'm like, I hope. Korea had a field day with that show and just making northern jokes because that is amazing. Yes. <laughs> I'm from North Korea. Winter is coming. 
amazing. Oh amazing. Regular Jon Snow right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gon walks in and goes right up to Subcaptain Sok, saying that everything he's about to say is top secret. First, he wants guards in the bamboo forest until he gets until he gives further instructions and to arrest anyone who appears and to bring gone all the security footage taken near the events he attended last year and subcaptain sok keeps eyesight (laughs) (laughs) and subcaptain sok keeps side-eyeing Unsup out of confusion, and finally he asks why Gon is giving him the orders and not Captain Joe. Gon says Captain Joe has something more important to do, and Unsup gives the most exaggerated nod. I cannot. I can't. Gon tells Unsup to bring his laptop, and Unsup just nods, and Gon has to remind him to say, yes, your majesty. Yes! <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how he ever thought this was going to work. Yeah, and Subcaptain Sok is in, a, like, a state of absolute shock. He shook. Yeah. He shook. Yeah. And Sub then gives the most dramatic, Yes, your majesty! And Gon leaves. <laughs> and it's too much. Oh. Ognam slips a talisman into one of Gon's coats as she's sewing it when Gon joins her. Did she even know he came back? She didn't even see him once. Oknam says, you left without seeing me, your majesty. She knew he returned, and now she's seen his face, so he can leave. However, Gon sits down next to her and leans in close to say, oh no, look how rough your face has become. Jeez. Did you stay up every night worrying about me? Is that why? She chuckles and says that she's been at peace since he hasn't been there. There must be lots of work for him to catch up on, so he should go. He wonders why she keeps telling him to go and not asking him anything. He was going to tell her everything if she asked him where he was. Okanam pauses in her work and says she already knows where he's going. They both look at his whip. He's chasing his destiny, isn't he? It's a secret between the two of them, right? And he nods. Gon then goes to the stables to find, I don't remember his name, the stable man. Oh, Lee Sangdo. Ooh, I'm not going to remember that. So, yes, that man. <laughs> the man from Tales Case File, caring for Maximus. Okay, what is that instrument he's I've using? Been, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> what is he using to brush Maximus with? What the a heck is that? A curry comb. A metal curry comb. A metal curry? What does it do? So, usually, it's either to clean brushes or if a horse has, like, a bunch of mud or something in the fur, you can use that to get the mud out. Or, like, if it has a lot of shedding, you'd get it out. But you would not use it the way he is using it. Maximus did not need a curry comb brushing. So I don't know if that was part of what gave it away. Maybe. Ooh, good point. See, I wouldn't know unless you were here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's that's what I choose to believe rather than the show just being like, uh, take a dish of brush. <laughs> take a dish of a curry comb. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what to do. But yeah, I was like, I had like a weird flashback. I was like, man, I've not seen one of those in years. <laughs> Gon tells them to continue, but he stands there just staring at this man. Ominously. <laughs> so, <I know. laughs> Do you need something? The head stable hand asks if the king would like to order, but Gon cuts him off with a no. The other stable hand. We'd like to order. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> would you like some fries with that, sir? <laughs> What is this man's name again? 
Oh, Lee Sangdo. Okay, I remembered his name being his last name. His name being Lee. Lee something. Nice. So I called. I think I called him Mr. Lee throughout all this. Mr. Lee. Anyway, he cuts himself with the curry comb. Like insanely badly too. Yeah. Like, are they really sharp or something? I know. I'm like, well, imagine how Maximus feels now. You're exactly. rubbing that on her back. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, why are you using something that sharp on Maximus? How dare you? I know. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that sharp, but he is really, really misusing it. <laughs> really just had no idea what was going on. The head stable hand rushes over and wonders how he could make such a mistake. I agree. And runs to get bandages. <laughs> you fool. Gon then asks Mr. Lee how he could do such a thing when he doesn't have the guts or nor the caliber. Then commands that until further notice, he will be put under house arrest disgusted yeah just, <laughs> how dare you brush my horse <laughs> no 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 he's not talking about the cross the parallel movement across <laughs> worlds to try to spy on him and assassinate him now you don't have the caliber to brush my horse sir <laughs> she's a what seventh ranking official she yeah true so he does not have the right the guts nor the caliber to be <laughs> Brushing Maximus incorrectly, <laughs> yeah. on the other hand, like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, 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 no. Mm-mm. She does not Shame. deserve that. Shame on him. <laughs> dishonor on you. Dishonor on, on your cow. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we find out that Shinji is going on vacation. All 21 days in one go. I looked this up just to see how many hours that is. Because I was like, 21 days doesn't feel like a lot. And then I looked it up, and it's 168 <laughs> hours. <laughs> Thank you. So I was like, oh, I suppose that's plenty. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it, yeah, in terms of days. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that is a pretty good amount. Yeah. But no one knows what's going on with him. Tail tries calling him and going to his house, but with no luck. Shinji is out getting drunk back at the place where the gangsters tried to bribe him, this restaurant. The head gangster from last time goes in saying he knew today was going to be his lucky day and brings over a large duffel bag and sits down next to Shinjay, pours him another drink, and asks him to share his sorrows. Shinjay says if the man wants to do some sharing, then why doesn't he share some peanuts? Because the food is too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) The man apologizes about the price of the food and thanks Shinjay for coming while he's having a rough time. But the duffel bag of money should help. And he can have all the food he wants with it. Shinji hands over his card and asks if he can pay in installments. <laughs> the man asks Shinji why he came here then. Because it's the only place Tail wouldn't think to look for him. Shinji keeps scaring me and then he just ends up being a good boy. I know. It's just like, you're, oh no, oh no, oh, no. oh okay, who? exactly yeah you know he's he really is on that edge of being bad they're really playing that up and i'm falling for it every time yeah i am i'm very much falling for it (laughs) in more of these than one (laughs) the man calls someone to ask for some peanuts to be brought in the man asks shinjay if he needs anything else shinjay wants to use the room for a couple days he's on vacation but he has nowhere to go the man gets oddly upset and says Shinji should go somewhere nice and warm and with a huff takes the duffel bag and leaves. Well, I know. I'm like, this man is like weirdly protective of Shinji. I know. For having stuffed his face in the table. Yeah. 
And before he does leave, Shinji asks him where he's going, and the man is going to church for evening service. <laughs> then the man asks Shinji, why, why couldn't he just ask him for money instead and just leave? And I was like, <laughs> why are you so upset, bro? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Gangsters, am I right? I think he has a soft spot for Shinji. Okay, yeah, this made me wonder. This is also a very out there theory that I think is wrong. Because originally I thought that Shinji's dad went to prison probably for white collar crime. Mm-hmm. But now I'm wondering if maybe he was some kind of like high ranking gangster. And that's why Shinji was like always destined to go into a gang and stuff. Like not like like his dad wasn't out there like on the streets beating people up, but maybe like some kind of like mob level. Like a white collar gangster. Yeah, exactly. You know, all crime, all crime has collars. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, and then like know. makes sense why he might have a connection to this guy or this guy might go specifically looking for Shinji. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Very out there, but maybe think that. Next, we see Gon trying to figure out the password on Yang's computer, but he has no luck, and Unsip makes fun of him for it. How do you think that he just kept trying different versions of his own name? <laughs> it's like this dude's obsessed with me. It must be me. That would not surprise me. It's my birthday. <laughs> Someone knocks and enters, and Unsip makes such a show of putting on Yang's facade. <laughs> Gon's secretary brings in some boxes for him and to let him know that the Prime Minister is there for the year-end report. The Prime Minister just waltz in, unannounced, with the last box, all smiles. The Prime Minister looks over at Unsup, and Gon explains that they've heightened security, so he'll be staying for their meeting. Tail asks Nadi if she's seen Shinji, but no dice. I really wanted her to put a sign out, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Then Nadi asks Tail if she thinks Unsip is acting strange these days, and Yang is sitting at a table at, in the shop. Yang looks over at them and gives them the tiniest of smiles. Tail says she hasn't noticed anything weird. Nadi says it feels like he's not as handsome as he was before. <laughs> and what the hell are you smoking, lady? <laughs> right? What? Uh, no. Hey, you know, we all have our preferences, I guess. <laughs> And Tail leaves muttering under her breath that Nadi has the strangest taste. And I agree. Yes, indeed. But also that's so cute that she could tell. I know. Now, okay. And also like I feel better now because I'm like, okay, it's Insipinati. We don't got to worry about Yang. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tail tells Yang that they should meet at the hotel from now on. She asks him what he wants. Yang hands over a solid gold bull and says, this one. I heard you know, a decent place that pays you well. I had to watch that twice because I was like, yeah, what What are you saying right now? I'm so confused. (laughs) So many things are happening. She does know somebody and she's been selling so much stuff that the owner thinks she's a corrupt cop, but she'll sell it for him. But he has to let her use the hotel room too. What does he want from the money he's going to get? He needs to gain mobility. Then we see Yang get a driver's license. And then Such we a see, weird addition to the scene. We <laughs> see him and Unsip switch IDs because Unsip never was able to get a driver's license. I guess he's one of those people who's book smart, but not people smart. Yeah. Who knew? So, shocking. I know. Yang gets <laughs> Based really, on his interactions. Yeah, Yang gets really mad that Unsip can't drive. And he's and Unsip isn't taking any of this seriously. But stops himself 
just to add, should I just rip your throat? If you lose your oh voice and Unstub stops him. Y'all, like, what happened to you? I know. He's, why are you so violent? It's like, you have my face. You should be more competent. You should be the best. <laughs> Unsip knows Yang is worried about Gon, but Unsip knows Yang won't be as sincere with his siblings as he is. But Gon oh. assured him that by going through with this plan, he will be protecting his siblings. And that was so sweet. Yeah. I just I think it's so cute that it's like, we have to save the world and protect the country. And he's like, okay, but my siblings. I know, it's so, so cute. cute. Back in the present day, Yang wonders if Unsip is doing well. And it was, I thought that was such a sweet thought. It's like, yeah. What if I just ripped out your throat? Are you doing okay? <laughs> are you doing okay? Or maybe he also just means like, are you not like messing up my life? Oh, true. <laughs> And Unsip is not doing okay. <laughs> Unsip is not fine, narrator. Books. Yes. <laughs> he looks terribly bored and exhausted while Gon and the PM go over their paperwork. I felt so bad for him. He just has to stand there. I know. And like listen to all this boring. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out the budget. And Gon says that medical service and education are the people's rights, not benefits. And we love a Democrat. <laughs> Damn, we just keep getting roasted day after day, episode after episode. I know. Say it louder for the people in the West. (laughs) (laughs) The PM asks if the traveler returned safely. Gon responds with, is work boring? Which, I I love their banter. I... Mm -hmm. Ugh, they never give each other an inch, ever. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like every phrase that is, like every sentence has seven more meanings behind it that you can't even begin to know. <laughs> yes. The PM doesn't respond, and he continues saying that she returned to her daily life. The PM remembers Luna, but says that she hopes she had a good time in the Kingdom of Korea. There's a knock. Gone has brought spicy food because it makes him more productive. <laughs> Science. Sure. <laughs> Lee Gun, the science guy. Gone. 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 Gone turns to Unsip and says, let's eat. And Unsip literally runs forward goofily to sit with him. Unsip is growing on me so much. So much. I'm like, must protect. Me. Oh, same. Unsip brings out the product placement kimchi. I can't. But at least the kimchi actually had yeah, a Yeah, step up from last episode. Yeah. And it's like, wait, that kimchi isn't from this world? Oh, no. It says the Republic of Korea on it. Also, he's just carrying kimchi in his pocket? I know. <laughs> from I the Republic of Korea? Like, Where did you pull that from, my bro? <laughs> <laughs> just in his jacket pocket. It's like, and you carry it over between worlds? Just have kimchi. But, like, it is the most unsip thing. I'm like, all right, at least this one makes sense. Yeah. Unsip would do something weird like that. Also, I always thought, like, ah, we're in the Republic of, I mean, we're in the Kingdom of Korea. We're safe from the ads. Psych. Psych. Also, in my notes, after this all happened, I was like, unsip is so stupid. I love him. I really love him. So much. Stupid and sweet. The perfect combination. Yes. See, that's why Gon is going bad, because you can't be too smart. <laughs> Give him a stop in the head. 
What's your excuse? <laughs> I'm all stupid. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Gon turns the packet around and tells him to hurry and eat. Then he turns to the prime minister and why isn't she eating? Because she'll gain weight if she eats three times a day. Oh, sister. Mm. I had to pause because I was so angry. But doesn't that like fits perfectly with her though, right? It does. It like it does the, fit with her character. Control of everything. Yeah. But it made me so mad. You're eating sweet potatoes. Yeah. Like ugh, this. Yeah, it made me so angry. It's like, oh, I'm gonna gain weight if I eat three times a day, and it's like. I like to think that maybe she's being like, you know, you can't eat on your first date. Like oh, I can't eat while he's watching. Ugh. And then she just goes home and stuffs her face. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That just really made me angry. I was just like, it's like, I just, I have to eat three meals just to be sane, you know? Like, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, and healthy, really. That's probably why she isn't completely sane. She needs to eat more. Everybody has a reason (laughs) why everybody at this table is dumb. (laughs) Except for Gon. He's too smart, so he's turning evil. (laughs) Yeah. A cautionary tale. <laughs> then, out of nowhere, the Prime Minister asks if Gon is getting married. Yeah, really big topic change there. Yes. Swerve. And, and Sam's reactions during this whole conversation yes. are so good. He's, like, <laughs> stuffing his face, and he's just like, oh, oh. It's like the person just, like, eating popcorn on the side, but instead it's, yes. like, kimchi. And he's just like, oh. Oh my god! And like a sweet potato, he's just like munching on it. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved Realizes it. there's something going on here. Yeah. Instead of popcorn, it's sweet potatoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gon points out that her question is very random. Why does she want to marry him? She says, "Can I?" Gon says, "No," because he's already <laughs> proposed to someone else, which shuts her up. Woof. He then asks, "What's next on the agenda?" Woof. I know. Also, does Tail know? Where was this proposal? <laughs> I know, right? It was like, when are you? Those words have not been exchanged. You haven't even told you, her you love her yet. You, you have did said, not. You said ditto. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> Which you are never going to live down, by the way. No. Shinji enters a building that's apparently already closed for the day to see his therapist. Correct. He's his. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But his therapist is fine with seeing him. She says the sweets aren't helping or has he realized that they don't help? Which, Woof. that feels like the same thing. The same question. Just. Well, I think she's she's mocking him. I know, I know. But I really don't like her, so. I'm so interesting that you don't like her. I don't like her. She's I'm a bad like therapist. <laughs> we've only seen like we haven't even seen her in session we don't know yes we do five seconds yes we do because she's like i like to have a session and to treat it like it's a cold symptom quick easy get you a prescription leave and it's like that is not how therapy works okay is she a therapist or is she a psychologist maybe because that made me think about that i'm like maybe that's being mistranslated because that sounds like a psychologist to me Mm, yeah like a clinical psychologist i yeah. don't know i don't really know anything about these things so i don't want to speak too much but yeah i, I did realize right. that she is from girls day and i just want to point that out because i love me some girls day and i didn't catch on to that what is that a group a girl group oh, okay 
that song, um, something that Jungkook would always dance to in the good old days. Natamala must see something. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry that doesn't that ring a bell. But like, drop it, ding, 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 and then they do like the slut drop. <laughs> oh, the slut drop. There you go. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, I got you. Something. And then they do the piano. Okay, never mind. This is good. <laughs> it's a good song. Also, they have a song where it's like, hey, there's a female president. I can ask you out. Women. <laughs> she tells him to have a seat, but he says he wants to get some sleep. Can he just get a prescription? She says not without an examination. She again tells him to sit. Her therapy technique is very strange to me. I still, even if she is a psychiatrist or whatever she is, I still think she's a terrible one. And I wouldn't go to her. Even Shinjay asks if she's a real doctor. <laughs> because Ensip is walking around Gon's room and he thinks it's amazing. And oh my god, more product placement. Ensip <laughs> puts on the mask. This one was funny though. And I think pretends to be Iron Man. Yes, which is the exact joke I made last episode. Look at you, like predicting all the things. I know. Well, actually it was worse because I, you know, I always thought I wasn't funny, but now I know I'm not funny if I'm making the same jokes as Unsub. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Unsub's so funny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because he's like Tony and he looks at the mask and I was like, no. Because <laughs> literally last episode I was like, she puts on her Iron Man mask. That's so fantastic. same. That's it looks like Iron Man. This mask is crazy. Then Gon comes out of the bathroom. Gon tells him to take it off. Then he asks how Unsip was able to unlock Yang's phone. And dude, they have the same face. It's not right? that hard. <laughs> then Unsip asks if Gon wants him to try and unlock Yang's laptop. And Unsip unlocks it on the first try. <laughs> and he explains the uh. password, but I still didn't get it. And I didn't care to understand it, but I was, I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. And Gon just looks at security footage of Tail in the Kingdom of Korea. And I keep putting the abbreviation for the Kingdom of Korea as COK instead of KOC. KOC. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> the cock. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, either way, it's the cock. <laughs> it's the cock. Okay. Let it be known that I did not even think of that one. So, who's the real problem here? I mean, you made a pun out of semen. You, in your <laughs> mind, made that. All I said was he's in the Navy with the semen, okay? Which is true. Look, I can't be responsible for where your mind goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Present day tale is sad. Her and Gon didn't take any pictures together. Past tail urges the flower seeds she bought to grow, but they're not sprouting. Gon then steps up and orders the flowers to grow because he is their king. <laughs> it was so cheesy. She asks about the seeds she put in the in-between world, and no, they haven't sprouted either. He tells her he tried to go to the edge of it, but he shouldn't stay there for long, because if he spends one day there, then two months have flown by outside. Tail points out that if he stays in there, then he won't die. Maybe that's how Lidim has stayed so young. So our theory Maybe. was wrong. Yeah. Anyway, they're being cheesy and cute. Gon says he'll miss her, and can she not live with him in his world? And Tail says 
she's adding one more to the list of 17 things. Don't ask me to come with you. What about her world? What about her dad, her friends, her job? Saying that puts her in a tight spot. And then Gon leans in and kisses her. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I do get a kiss. Yay. I get two kisses. I forgot. She asks if he did that to stop her from talking. And he says, no, he stopped himself. Kissing is what they do when they have too many things they want to say. Then Tail cuts him off to kiss him. And we get a head pat. And it's surprisingly not awkward. (laughs) Gon clicks on another security camera and it's from 2020. That was literally the first thing I noticed. I'm apparently smarter than Gon. Look at me. Are you 2022? Oh, that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm smarter than the both of you. set up better even if i tried (laughs) one has never fallen so far so quickly (laughs) amazing beautiful because i read 2022 in my notes but my mouth said 2020 (laughs) to be fair 2020 would still be the future so you're not totally off yeah at this point (laughs) or i don't know i don't remember where we are i think we're somewhere in january maybe so maybe not would have been the no beginning. because she comes over in november of 2019 yeah okay yeah exactly so anything with tail yeah would have been 2019 yeah anyway so the security camera says 2022 and we see tail walking by yo-yo boy and the boy looks straight into the security camera and creepy oh music so starts playing creepy and it startles gone so bad it startled me too i literally gasped i was just sitting there and i was watching it and i went Nothing else yeah, happened. and I was watching it. It was like uh, Friday night, and that was when that huge storm rolled in. Oh, man. So it was like lightning, like so bad outside. And I was yeah. like, I am spooked. I am thoroughly spooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad time to watch this one. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, and then it starts. Oh, hold on. But the boy goes back to doing his yo-yo thing. And then it starts to thunder and lightning, both where the boy is and where Gon is. And it Creepy. makes Gon's shoulder pain return. Gon replaces security footage, but this time the boy doesn't look up, and Gon wonders if he's mis- if he was mistaken. Gon finally notes the bookshop and the year, and he wonders if the date is an error. And he notices that Tail isn't wearing that outfit the day she was exploring the city. It's so interesting. Yeah. I'm so curious. Who is that boy? I really, I think he's got to be some kind of, like, fate figure. Also knowing this writing, like you said, or this writer- like you said. Yeah. Is he Merlin? Is he Merlin? Maybe. <laughs> kind of the opposite of Merlin age-wise. I know. Wise, but... I know. Yeah, that's all no, I yeah, could think I mean, of. Yeah. That would even remotely make sense. Maybe Is he's he Lewis Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's actually King Arthur. That kid. Oh, yeah. And he's just going to be like, psych, <laughs> I'm coming in. No, the- I, I think he's... Because, like, also the yo-yo action, just, like, the way it's, like, and it keeps zooming in on the yo-yo, which, like, symbol-wise, I'm, like, I got to think, like, you're tied to a string, and you keep just going Going back back and and forth. Yeah. You can't escape it. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Or even just, like, back and forth between the worlds. Maybe he's, like, the portal man. Yeah. But how does Luna know him? Yeah. I Like, at first I just thought, you know, just another orphan, whatever. They just know him because he's on the street. Also, I'm. I think 
I realized this more during my episode. I think the bookstore is Gon's gate. So that's why he's next to the bookstore. He's watching Gon's gate. But I don't know. I like that theory. I like that theory. Let's go with it. Lidim is mixing red dye. He always seems to be mixing red dye. So where where is this going to come in? (laughs) I know. And he asks his driver if he's retrieved the phone. The driver says he's on it. But he's been looking for something else as well. He tells them that Shinje went to see Jonghee's son at the Serenary. <laughs> I loved this word. It was the first time I ever heard it. And I, I like, it is my new favorite word. <laughs> it's so funny because while I was watching it, I like read it and I was able to say it flawlessly. And now that I'm <laughs> upon it again. I just think cinnamonarium. Uh, <laughs> it's a cinerarium. Yeah, I think cinerarium. so. What sure. a cool word. Yeah. I love it. Amazing. Never heard it in my life. Like, it sounds like, I don't know, you'd be like, hey, you want to meet at the cinerarium? Like, hey, here they got a new show down there. Right? It sounds like a like place some... with like a big fountain or something. Like, it's like yeah, a It sounds very area. grand. Yeah. Or like a terrarium just filled with cinnamon. Terrarium. <laughs> <laughs> and the cop that visited the care center is Tail, and he looked into it, and Tail is the one who caught Yongji. And Tail is looking for the phone as well. Lim notes that Shinje was a wrong move, and Tail is a move he didn't make. It's another move he didn't make. Yeah. Well, and also, like, so what's the move with Shinje then? Yeah. I don't know. The driver tells Lim not to worry about it and should he just bury Shinji and Tail somewhere. Lim grabs him and throws him against a barrel fire. <laughs> As one does. I like I didn't know what to call it and I was like a barrel fire. Yeah, no, it was scary. I kind of felt bad for the guy. Yeah. Lim tells him to get rid of Yongji and not to do anything else. Lim needs to leave again. He thinks Gon will know by now. Also, just like little shout out to that actor, the goon, because he he's another one who goon in this world, bookstore guy in the other world. Very different. Yeah. Good job, man. Good job, man. Subcaptain Sok enters Gon's study to tell him about the bookstore and that there is no Haesong bookstore registered anywhere in the kingdom and then hands over the security footage that Gon asked for, which that doesn't make any sense. What? Because I was like, oh, then it's in the Republic of Korea. And I was like, well, no, it's not. So maybe it doesn't exist yet. That that was, yeah, that's my only thought. Yeah. Maybe. I haven't ever noticed it if it has a name in the scenes where we see it. I don't, yeah, I don't think it ever showed a name. Yeah, I would, yeah, I'd be surprised if they did. <laughs> yeah. And then he hands over the security footage that Gon asked for. Gon tells him to keep looking for the bookstore and Sook leaves. At the bookstore, Lim frequents. Prince Buyong is there. What the hell? I was, I was like, here you are. You've come to betray us, and I'm eventually gonna feel really bad about that. The owner says they're closed and looks away quickly because he recognizes the prince. The prince, Prince Buyong apologizes. He thought they were open since the door was open. He just wanted to look at some medical books if the owner had any. The owner says that he doesn't have any. Prince Buyong turns to leave, but stops and asks the owner if they've met before. The owner doesn't answer, but says that he's seen the prince before because he's a part of the royal family. Prince Buyong laughs and says sometimes he forgets and leaves. 
Prince Buyang goes and stands out by the ocean, and Gon joins him and wraps a blanket around the prince's shoulders. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can't stay in polite company. <laughs> I do want to say, I, I'm still so confused about Prince Buyang, because I don't yeah. know, I don't believe that that was an accident. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he was just a red herring. Maybe. But Lirum agrees with me, so. <laughs> they meet there every year, like they've made a promise, though they never discussed it. Prince Buyang asks if Gon found any answers. Gon says he found a symbol, but he's having trouble with it because the solution isn't good. Gon then asks him if he believes in fate. Prince Buyang laughs and says that's a hard concept for a math and science person. Gon wonders if he should fight against it. Prince Buyang tells him if there is a place he wants to get to, even if his life may be at risk, that is fate. Is there a place Gon wants to reach? And yes, there is. Prince Buyang hopes there's a beautiful lady there. Gon <laughs> should really get married this year. Creepy old man. Yeah. Gon says if he finds a solution, then he'll return with a lady who'll argue that the earth is flat. And they watch the sunrise. But then it's night and it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> and time stops again which means Lilim is in the kingdom of Korea Lilim is walking on the street and then comes across Gon on horseback and everyone in the crowd is around waving he rides through the people and Gon is sure Lim is watching Lilim isn't in any of the security videos why and Lilim walks right next to Gon and Gon keeps riding like he doesn't see him and I'm not sure if Lilim is surprised or not I still don't know if he's surprised by that or not. I can't decipher the look on his face. I, I kind of think this whole scene was shot to surprise us more than to surprise the characters in it. Yeah. Because I still don't... I mean, did Gon purposely go by him and then was like, psych, bitch? Or, like, did he really not... Yeah. Did it take him a few seconds to recognize him? The whole thing was a little bit funny to me, but that's okay. Yeah. I like dramatics. Yeah. But then they both stop. While reviewing the security footage in the past, Gon wonders what he missed, and then Gon remembers what Tail said about the in-between world and not aging while there, and he looks through the footage again, and Gon sees him. Presently, Gon turns around and sees the back of Lim's head, and rides towards him, and the crowd parts so that they're in the middle. Lim finally turns around to face Gon. It turns out that Lim's been to everything and he looks like the grim reaper in one of the shots <laughs> do you see him come out Wait, what lead like in one of the security footage shots lead walks out oh. and he looks like the grim reaper oh i was really confused by what you meant but he's been to everything but i got you now <laughs> yeah like in all the events that gone has been to the, yeah like the past year like lead has been and at he's everything got that wide brimmed hat and the yeah. trench coat yeah hell yeah well you know you you have a costume Department, you gotta reuse stuff. Be mm. economical. <laughs> Gon wonders if Lilim is wanting to achieve an immortal life. Finally, Gon calls Lilim by name in front of everyone, and that's how <laughs> the episode ends. Did you think he said it kind of funny? Yeah. Okay. Also, his coat in that scene, this has nothing to do with anything plot-wise, but it was not my favorite coat. He kind of looked like Groot. No, Groot, not Groot. <laughs> 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 he did not look like a tree. I am he Groot. Like a despicable me. <laughs> I am Groot. Groot. No, I agree. Because, like, he kept his, like, chin, like, kind of tucked yeah. into it. And I was like, 
Let me see that job, bro. Yeah. So. Yeah. Crazy ending. Crazy ending. Also, like, shout out to Maximus for somehow staying calm in that crowd. I have never seen a horse do that. Well, the whenever the girl. they, like, everybody parted and made a circle, my head immediately went to the book scene in Harry Potter where Harry and Old Voldemort what what uh, oh voldemort and, and voldemort like have that standoff in the great hall <laughs> and <laughs> i was like "Ooh, get him oh but i was what i was gonna say is that i like that during this whole episode of episode nine you think gone has the upper hand the entire time because gone keeps revealing all this stuff and like figuring everything out and the way it's cut and spliced and like the, the parts of the story you get you you're like oh like gone is winning winning this like mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. he's gonna come out on top like he's figuring lead them out like and it's not until the next episode you're like oh shit like lead is literally like three steps ahead right now and yeah for sure to him it's like anytime like a wrench is thrown into his plans he thinks it's interesting and fascinating and it's a puzzle to solve like it never throws him off his game so yeah, that's, no, that's a really good point. Because I even think of the phone call, not to kind of supersede ourselves, but it's like in this episode, you see Gon's half of the phone call. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, he got him. Like, I know where you are, bitch, and hung up. But then in the next episode, we see that Liedem's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, he, ca- <laughs> he keeps calling him what his like dear My nephew. My dear nephew. And I was like, yeah. oh, man. Oh, it's, it's so hard to hate you. Like, you are a murderer and you are terrible, but God, you are so suave. <laughs> he's such he's such a fantastic antagonist. I like, mm-hmm. he's so good. And I love that actor. He just Me plays too. it so well. Me too. But it's like, it's, somehow he doesn't make it creepy. It's like unsettling, but it's I know. not creepy. I know. That, yeah, that props to him. And I think it's good also because it makes it like, you see why he has followers. Oh, like, Without yeah. even really knowing what he wants and what benefit it could give them. It's like you could see how he could entice people. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. No, really good point there. Yeah. Anyway. End of episode nine. Episode ten. I'll say... <laughs> I look... loved this episode. <laughs> That's so... First of all, you look exactly like that kid in the... That video where the kid is at the baseball stadium and they eat the cotton candy oh. and then they just get like a sugar rush. That was exactly your face. <laughs> and I'm glad you liked this episode. Good it to was hear. such a good episode. I enjoyed it so much. I'll say right off the bat, the timeline of this episode got really confusing for me, but we are once again jumping back in time quite a few days. Yeah. We open on Shinji eating some rice cake skewers at a street stall. I was so jealous. I needed to tell you about this. I was looking at him and I was like, oh, rice cakes. I just need I rice know. cakes in my life. And the way that they were just chomping them down. I know. I felt kind of wrong the way Tao was eating them. Right? It's like eating a Kit Kat wrong. Yes. I completely. I'm so glad we agree <laughs> on this. Let's tell this Korean the proper way to eat this Korean food. <laughs> it's like, no, you take one, each one at a, one at a time. One at a time. Shinji is still being a sad boy and thinks back on eating there alongside Tail when they were growing up. We flash back to him talking with the therapist, who Kelsey hates, <laughs> named Hayen. He recounts to her waking up from the coma and wondering where he was, but liking this fancy new life more than his old one. I really hope Kang Hyunmin is just a dream, he thought. Hayen asks why he thinks Hyunmin is a memory at all and not a dream. Shinji tells her he met someone from the other world, 
Do you think I'm delusional? Heian changes topics. Enough about the nightmare. Tell me more about the beautiful dream that you've been having. We never get the answer, instead cutting back to Shinje at the food stand. This is where you decided to go for your vacation, a voice calls. Tails found him. Shinje tries to leave, but Tail brings up their previous conversation. Do you want me to tell you about science fiction? Shinje says no, he's still on vacation, but Tail grabs his arm. Lee Sangdo is alive, she tells him, and both him and Zhang Yangji were said to have two cell phones. She tells him about the other world where people live with the same faces. A crime has taken place that goes across both worlds. Someone has to stop this, but you're the only one I can think of. Help me. Shinji thinks it over for a moment. That's not science fiction. I call that a delusion. Get a hold of yourself, he tells her, and leaves. Uh, mm, I wasn't on Shinji's side that time. I was like, but I understood oh. it. No, yeah, he's being a total brat, but yeah. he's also having like a full-on crisis. So yes. I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm sympathetic to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't agree with how you handled the situation, but you're dealing with a lot right now. So yeah. we'll, we'll give you a pass. A pass. Shinji seems dead set on making sure Tail doesn't find out about his past. Yeah. I mean, they get a real but emotional when... <laughs> they do. I know. Yeah, I guess in light of that. Because, yeah, it definitely seems like denial on his end at this point a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. But also, I think he is worried that Tail's opinion of his him is going to change. Oh, yeah. And that's That he's, like, this whole friend. different person. Yeah. Also, it, like, was so cute when she was like, you were the only person, like, help me. Mm-hmm. And then he just walked away. I know. We go back to the scene of Lee Gon coming to grips with the surveillance videos with the shockingly young Lidim in them. He remarks he needs to find Lidim's obelisk, which I think means where he is in the in-between world. I was like, what is obelisk? Is that the gate? But he doesn't know yet that they have alternate gates. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, maybe obelisk is this translator's word for the in-between world. So yeah, I was like, what is an obelisk? This has never come up before. <laughs> Am I dumb? Yeah, a stone pillar. So yeah, it seems like he's saying I need to find Liam's gate. But it isn't until later that he thinks they have different gates. This is why I'm so, this was the part where I got super confused about the timeline. Ah, uh, yeah. But he sets a plan in motion. We see him riding through the gateway realm where there are now many red balloons. It's unclear to me if he just placed these and this is part of a larger plan or are these like some wily coyote traps. I, I don't know anything. This yeah. scene was so confusing to me. Uh, yeah, that I was also so confused. Like, is are they markers for where he's searched? That Oh, that would make the most sense. Because, okay, that's the only thing I could get from the scene. is like he's how... look, He knows Liedem is in the gateway world. He's just realized that. And so he's going to try to find him. Is there any other interpretation? Because so much of this scene just Mm-mm. threw me off. No. That's all I could think of. Or, like, you know, it's either places where he's searched or, like, markers of how far he's gone into the world. Yeah. Because the other thing, I'm like, maybe the world, like, repeats itself over and over again and is just never ending. But I, there were too many for that. Yeah, I have no good explanation. I have no idea. I think you're right, though. I think marking where he's been makes sense. But I think it's funny that he's doing it with red balloons. Yeah, I know. Specifically red balloons. (laughs) Time passes rapidly in the real world as he rides through the in-between world searching. Difficult sentence. Tail is in the bamboo forest, pining for gone. More like bambooing, eh? She turns to leave. (laughs) Just no reaction. (laughs) All right, not a good one. <laughs> you know, you try. She turns to leave, but stops when she sees a red balloon floating by and hears a whinny. Gon comes galloping up then, and they're both shocked to see each other as they run into a tearful hug. 
Ligon tells her he just came by to hear her voice and leave. I was going to call you using that payphone over there, and he reaches in his pocket to show her the change he brought. Tail cries and keeps hugging him. Secretary Mo begs the head court lady to tell her where the king has gone. The Lunar New Year is the day after tomorrow, and she needs to know if he's going to be present for the ceremony. Court Lady No assures her the king will be back, so just plan as usual. Just then, the king enters. Am I back in time? The Lunar New Year should be in a day or two. Court Lady No tells him he's back just in time. Secretary Mo is understandably confused. Did you have a secret rendezvous or something amazing like that, she asks. It's more like illegal immigration, but it's quite amazing indeed, the king replies, giving a weird answer to a weird question. <laughs> I just like how they both just keep being like, it's technically illegal immigration. I know, that that's their thing. This is illegal. Makes it spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's good for thinking. I do, this is where I was like... I wish the show was a little more forthcoming on how time is passing because it definitely makes the crying scenes feel more earned. Yes. It hasn't been very long since our leads have seen each other. So to be honest, I hadn't fully processed that they go for like weeks without seeing each other. Yeah. So like when Tails saw him and was like sobbing, I was like, Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one, because I was like, it feels a little unearned. Yeah, I but agree. But then you think, okay, like, it's probably, like, he just says bye, and then she doesn't know if she's going to see him in two days or, like, three weeks. Yeah, like, so that it, would be rough. it took a lot of thinking on my part to empathize with what she's going through. Because it's like, oh, yeah, it must be, like, really hard to, like, have this weird long-distance relationship where you're just the one waiting Yes. And you, yeah, and again, like, you don't know if you're going to see them in two days or, like, two weeks, two months. Like, you don't know when right. they're going to come back. So, well, and that's why I mm. wish there was, like, some kind of calendar or something. Because it wasn't until this moment. And I, I get they're giving us points, like, oh, the day after tomorrow is Lunar New Year. So we know we're in, I think, February now. Like, late February. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh. Like, that was the first time where I was like, wait, if she was he you know we know that she was here in november mm-hmm. she was like okay this this is this has been a long time yeah like a lot of time has passed but it wasn't until that moment that i realized how much time has passed yeah yeah i yeah i had that feeling too i'm glad i'm glad because i was like i feel bad i don't want to like shit on them they're very cute but no it was very cute but it felt because since there was no context it felt very out of character of tail yes so yeah. it like took me out of the moment mm-hmm Yang gives Tail the hotel room key, but he has to leave. Unsub's family is in town, and he has to meet with them. This should be good. At home, Yang is getting beat up by Unsub's mom for not being able to put his clothes on properly. He does it every year. His sister comes in then and tells her mom that she's suspicious of that man. <laughs> He's not Unsub. He's changed for the better and for the worse in some ways. He's much cooler now, Yang smiles, but he's also become a prick. <laughs> Just then, Unsub's brother comes walking in with Yang's gun. What the fuck, Yang? I know. I know. I have been screaming about his lack of gun safety for a while now, but this seriously takes the cake. Same. I was like, dude, leave it at home. Like, leave it at the hotel. Like, <laughs> right? if you know you're going to go hang out with Unsub's family, like, don't bring your gun. Or, like, make sure, like, you are locking it up somewhere. You are putting it in a case where a kid cannot get... Because, like, that... I was like, that's that's not funny. I'm not laughing. That's really... That's crazy that a kid has a gun right now. Yes. I was like, yeah, that is a real thing that happens and <laughs> right, yeah. hurts people. Like... Yeah, all the time. No. Kids shoot themselves. That's terrifying. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
the kid starts waving the gun around asking, what's this? And luckily, Yang rushes over to take it from him before anything terrible happens. I literally thought it was going to go off. I was like, it's going to it's going to go off. It's And they're going to find out it's a real gun and the whole jig is going to be up. It's a souvenir from the military, he sputters out. Unsup's sister wants to call the police, but his mom just laughs and hits him, telling him to grow up and to stop playing with kids' toys. Okay, but my thing is, is that that one time, Yang did such a wonderful impression of Unsup, but then I like how he just doesn't try from then on. He's like, I know Good I could do point. this. Good point. Good point. I know point. I could do this, but I've decided not to. And it's like, Yang, you asshole. I guess he's still doing the impression, but... Not very well. It's like, you did a flawless impression of Unsup. We know your potential. Come on. I guess he's And that was weary. in front of... And that wasn't even in front of his family. That was in front of his co-workers, basically. Yeah. It's like, you need to put on a better impression in front of his family, not just his co-workers who just see him from time to time. Like, get it together. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, Yang. <laughs> My rant is over. <laughs> the Violent Crimes Gang is hanging out on the steps of the station watching the sunrise. They had to take the New Year's night shift. Everyone is crabby, except for Jongmi, of course. They have a meta moment where they wonder why people are looking at them as they pass by. The chief remarks it's because they look like they're filming a TV commercial as they <laughs> sit with their sponsored coffees in hand. And Jongmi starts singing. This scene was all over the place. It really was. But I love Jongmi. So anytime <laughs> Jongmi yeah. is here... I'm here for whatever scene he's in. <laughs> True! <laughs> but it ends with the question, hey, could that cool guy walking toward us be Shinji? And it is! The prodigal fake son has returned. What was that about the cell phone, he asked Tail? I'm all ears. The prodigal fake son got me. <laughs> Thank you. I was pretty proud of that one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe bambooing didn't hit, but this <laughs> did. It's the Bible joke. She likes it. <laughs> it's my area of expertise. Okay, but my real question is, why did he return? Like, what made him have a change of heart other than just he's the bestest boy? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll do another blast to the past, you know? (laughs) Just make time linear, please. (laughs) (sighs) That would make it too simple. It would. At least it's like it fits with the the theme of the show, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why did the the prodigal son come back? Because he was dirt poor and had nowhere else to go. Okay, you're right. Answer is right there. Shinji's always been dirt poor and nowhere else to go. So. And no one cares. Gon is giving a New Year's speech, going on and on about 2020 and its promise and how great of a year it's going to be. Zero out of ten. Hate this scene. It is built on a foundation of trickery and lies. But there is a cute moment where Unsup gets very carried away and starts cheering for Gon and has to hold himself back. So, two out of ten. I know. Unsup made that scene. But yeah, when Gon was making that speech, I was like, you're a liar. You're a liar. Or maybe, you're, maybe, maybe you're a truther. Okay? But... <laughs> Thank but you, it, it, we are not in your timeline or your world. You yeah, know? I know. Like, did they have coronavirus? <laughs> also, when he was like, this is the year of the rat. And I was like, uh, plague animal. <laughs> <laughs> fitting. That is so fitting. I didn't even think about that. I didn't know uh, that. But it was of the white rat. The mighty, the mighty white, white rat. White rat. <laughs> 
Next, we see the PM asking Court Lady No what the king's type is. And I don't know what in any of their previous interactions has given her the idea that the court lady would answer this. I agree. <laughs> I like, I agree. It's like, you you shoot your shot. You do it. But no, it's not going to work. Uknam, like, it's like the last person you should go to for this information. You literally shoved her down. Yes. <laughs> she does That's not like you. That's a good point. That is a good point. Ugh. Court Lady No basically calls her on trying to save herself from losing power. The PM's term is up in a year. Don't you know I was married and divorced in a year? The PM smiles back. With your help, just half a year would be enough. Give me a hint. What could crush his majesty's heart? Court Lady No is understandably struck by this turn of phrase. Has the king ever cried in front of you, she asks. Which makes it sound like the king is just constantly crying everywhere in front of everyone except her. <laughs> but yeah, the PM no. is not the most personally trustworthy person, so I get what the court lady is saying here. Yes, but the, I knew I knew that sentence was foreshadowing whenever I heard it, because I was like, Gon's going to cry in this episode. I just know it. I just know it. Oh, yeah, good point. Uh-huh. And I was like... Have ever seen him cry? Well, someone else has. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, that's going to that's gonna be a tell, that he's going to cry in front of Tail, and that's... <sighs> gonna make me sad which i didn't notice that until i was doing my second watch through you'll I see can't later believe you I'm, watch these twice i'm so impressed i can't believe you don't because i have to watch it first and enjoy it and then i have to watch it second through a professional lens <laughs> i only watch like the ones i have to take notes on because i feel like i don't know if i take notes i'm not enjoying it me i mean it's better you know save time do it once <laughs> i respect that the king is walking with the PM when Unsip gets a call on Yang's phone. He, of course, handles it very smoothly by whispering to the king, Someone's calling! Then answer it, Li Gan tells him. Lower your voice and say, Jo Yang is speaking. The PM raises a brow. I love hearing him say it. Yang looks so very cool when he answers the phone in such a voice. Gan clarifies and can confirm Unsip looks very cool answering that phone. I cannot believe they're still getting away with this. Because he's just blatantly like, just answer your phone like this. <laughs> like, what? But the fact that his excuse is, I like so it when Yang answers the phone. It just sounds really nice. I just like listening to him. Sounds so cool. <laughs> but Pras to Unsup, he did a flawless Yang impression whenever he answered the phone. So. He did. Oh, props to Wu Dohan. Yeah. The call was from Detective Kong. Ligon and Unsip go to the police station and scare the shit out of some poor officers. Uh-huh. We then see a scene of Luna feeding a cat. A Cheshire cat? Maybe just a hungry cat. Luna thanks the cat for letting her borrow its name. Is Luna secretly a big softie? I don't know. The cat was cute, though. The cat was cute. It also made me wonder, like, maybe if we're going with the Alice symbolism, it's like she gave up her rabbit coat and now she's with a cat so it's like she stopped being the white rabbit and now she's being running from gone and she's the cat who keeps disappearing like they keep Mm. finding her but she disappears i don't know if we're we're going with that theory i don't i don't i don't know how much because i wonder how intentional it all is like it definitely seems like it's there but what does it mean what does it serve yeah you really are they just an alice fan yeah you really can't know until the end of the show you can't much how much to take any of this into account. Gan then asks about Kim Gi-hwan, the former trader slash restaurant owner, current secret prisoner. Detective Khan looks up the man's records which show that he died as a trader on the run. Gan realizes that means those with the same face are stealing the lives of their counterparts. He looks at Luna's pictures with significance. I thought he had already deduced that. Am I remembering wrong? I don't know that he ever had, had he? 
I think he knew that they were coming. Or I think he had a, a theory, but he it was confirmation. Mm, okay. Because I think he knew, like, oh, gosh, people are coming over here, but I don't think he realized that that necessarily meant they were killing their counterpart. Mm, maybe he just thought that they were just switching places. And not... Yeah, like they just came over here and took a different name or something. Yeah. Mm, okay. It's midnight, and Gon stands alone watching the snowfall. Time suddenly freezes. He's here, the king thinks, and marches off. He first goes to the gate in the bamboo forest. He asks the guards standing watch if they've seen anyone come through. Strangely, they haven't. Gon realizes that he and Lita must use different gateways. He orders his guards to leave and go to Heyunde. He calls Sunga, who is hilariously way more calm talking to him than she is with Yong, and tells her to post online that there is going to be a special event with the king in Heyunde. Which I find so interesting that he wanted a crowd. Oh, no, think... he wanted... Oh, okay, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he was calling Lita. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I also had to but... get there, too. But that means there was going to be a crowd. And it's like, what did he really expect? This felt, this very much felt like a plan that was not thought through at all. No, and I don't think it was. Because I think it was like he panicked because he was like, oh shit, different gate. Because I think he was so sure he was going to catch gone at the bamboo gate. You mean Lilim? That's what I meant, sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The, honestly, yeah. gone in the scene entirely was kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. But he, he can have, everyone has their, their moments. Yeah. I, yeah, he was just, I think he was just so thrown off that there could be more than one access point. And he was just, he's just so determined to catch it, lead him. It's, it's making him look kind of foolish. Although that being said, clearly he had some suspicion because this was his plan B. So if you come up with a plan B, yeah, it would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> We see the king ride through the crowded city streets. The scene plays out as we saw in the last episode with Legon facing down his uncle. We cut back to their phone conversation. This time, Lidim responds. Lidim tells the king he has been waiting for this day. He has been waiting since missing his opportunity. Gon tells him to wait just a little while longer. I will find you no matter what. This is the first time I'm hearing you talking like a king, dear nephew, Lidim responds. And either this is a callback or he's going senile because this is at least the second time you've thought this. I think it's a callback. I think so. Because <laughs> I'm like, you literally said that. Yeah. And I was like, episode. you are so rude for going back. You're so rude. I know you're a villain, but you're also rude, okay? Lidim taunts the king, saying, please do find me. You told the world I died, so now bring this dead man back to life. I'm looking forward to the chaos it will cause. Woo! I know. We cut back to the scene at Heyende. The king's guards come rushing up and surround him. The crowd recedes, and we see Lirim is also surrounded by his followers. The royal guard point their guns at Lirim and also at the crowd of people behind him. Seriously, no one points out how dumb this is? I, the gun I, violence yeah. in the kingdom of Korea must be off the, the charts at this rate. <laughs> at least by the guards. Oh, my gosh. Well, I know. Like, Yogg's, like, leaving his gun around for kids, and they're like, let's point to the crowd. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I also noticed that, and I was like, Y'all are so stupid because yeah. one of y'all is going to miss and it's going to hit a civilian and y'all are going to feel real dumb. Liram's followers grab two hostages, holding knives to their throats. So Gon orders his men to hold their fire. He dismounts from Maximus and we see a gun raised at him. Unsub also sees it and dives in front of the bullet, getting shot in the back of his right shoulder, stopping the bullet from hitting the king in the chest. Unsub <laughs> thought there was another bug <laughs> no this scene oh my gosh Unsub best boy award Unsub 
Yes. Yes. Also, I really liked how as everybody was scattering, Lidim's followers just like came forward. It was like a yes, really it's awesome. Inter- it was like this like melting effect, like transition where it was just like all these people like run away and it's like, oh, these people come forward. And I was yeah, like, all of a sudden Whoa. they're there. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then uh, that's a good boy. And it goes back to what you were saying of like, okay, clearly he was like three steps ahead than we thought because mm-hmm. he's like, all my followers are going to be there. Yep. yep. Which again, gone. Why did you not think about that? I know. Gone stares up at his uncle in anger, knowing there's nothing he can do for the moment. Liedem just stares back for a moment and turns to walk away. And like, I get why he has followers. He's a cool dude who wears his power well. (laughs) His minions give the two hostages non-lethal cuts before pushing them away and following their leader. Gon orders his guards to protect the people until the police arrive. We won't chase them. No more casualties, he says, which is an interesting choice. I can only reason that he realized he's been outmaneuvered and that the chaos of chasing down Liedem and his men in a full public view is not worth the panic and possible danger it will bring to his people. Yep, I agree. Thank you. He also orders that any videos of the incident that get posted must be taken down immediately, which I talked about this earlier, but like I get it, but it also really riles me up. Yeah. Freedom of information, my guy. I don't really like how much lying happens in this episode, and I hope it comes up again. Yeah. And because of like one initial lie, which is that Liedem was killed by the guards, Gon is having to keep lying. Yeah, and it wasn't even his lie to start off with. Exactly. Yeah, very good point. It's like the lie that his family told yeah Booyang and I'm mad that spoiler Booyang isn't even here to like clean it up the PM hears about the shootout and is shocked not just because of the incident but because traitor Liedem is trending she remembers what her mom said about seeing Liedem and tells her secretary to secure any footage she can of the incident she wonders to herself if the king is an honest person Unsip is in a hospital bed he was a good boy and wore his bulletproof vest, so he's relatively okay. Good boy. Also, he looks great for someone who just got shot and presumably had a bullet surgically removed from their tissue. So I stand by what we said. Unsub really just needed a little glow up. He did. Also, like, that is the fanciest <laughs> right? hospital I have ever it has seen. no windows. It had no windows. But I was looking at the comforter and I was like, good night. Right. I, he looks so uncomfortable there, too. He's I just know. like, mm. <laughs> I got shot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't wait for him to tell like Yang. Like I, I took know. a bullet for him. This is my bullet wound. Um, when did I you know. do that? <laughs> I know. Oh my god. I so badly during this whole episode, I wanted it to be known that this happened and that Unsup did his job and I wanted to see Yang's reaction. I just really want to know Yang's reaction. Ugh. Me too. I'm like, get the gang back together again, those two. They're the it has One to come up. One man carrying this show. It has to come it up. It has to. The king discusses with the doctor, and if we have not yet mentioned it, I wish they had gone with a different code for this whole thing. Ah, uh, we did mention it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know if it would come up yet. Anyway, the hostages are fine too, if you care to know. The doctor leaves, and Gon is alone with Unsip. He looks very worried, which seems to make Unsip uncomfortable, so he starts joking around as usual. Gon points out that he could have died. What was I supposed to do? Unsip asks. Yang told me to protect your majesty at all costs. He said he'd do the same for my siblings, which we should have had a flashback to his brother waving Gon's gun around and <laughs> just been carelessly left out for him to find. Like, in, Yang's doing a shit job at it. Let the king get shot. <laughs> you owe him nothing. <laughs> this this is so funny because it's like a reversal of roles. Because he's, it is. 
Like, yeah, Unsub is doing the most. He, he is. is he just, did his duty. He did his duty, and he's doing it well. And then Yang is over here just fucking everything up. He is. But yeah, that was like my first thought when he was like, that's what Yang told me you would do. And I was like, this boy literally like two scenes ago almost got your brother killed. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so true. And I was over here just being like, oh, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, it oh. is sweet that for Unsub. Like, having Yang protect his siblings, who are in relatively no danger, is as worthwhile as literally taking a bullet for a king. Yeah. Like, sweet boy. Yeah. Unsub asks if Gon agrees now that he deserves the title of Unbreakable Sword. The king tells him, of course, and thanks him. Ah! Me! (laughs) I love Unsub so much! (laughs) Me too! (laughs) Like, really, just like in an episode and a half, he has, like, gone from, like, the less cool Yang to the sweeter Yang. <laughs> yeah, like just his own his own sweet boy in his own right. Yes, uh, sweet boy. Oh yeah, and Hero was like, I cannot wait to see Yang's reaction <laughs> to hearing that Unsup took a bullet for. Yeah, because Unsup is gonna like let it slip because he's like, did you take a bullet for the king? I don't think so. And then Yang's <laughs> right? gonna be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> also, I could totally see. Uh, Yang just being like, you almost got shot to Gon and yeah. like not caring at all that Unsub did get shot. I would just be like, shh, shh, shh. You, there was a shootout? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> Lirim meets with Kyungmu, the bookseller guy, who worries that Lirim is in danger now after revealing himself. The police will be looking for you. Looking for who? Lirim asks. A man in his 70s who was shot 25 years ago? Kyungmu tells him to be careful. Prince Buyang visited the store. This gets Lidum's attention, and Kyungmu says he didn't think he was recognized. It was probably a coincidence, but Lidum disagrees. Most things that seem like coincidence are actually destiny. In the ROK, Yang is staking out Shinjae's house, I suppose to see if he can find any connection to Lidum. But before he can approach, Shinjae's mom comes walking up, talking on the phone. We find out from her phone conversation that Lee Gon's mom in this world used to work as a housekeeper for Shinjae's mom, I guess also in this world. Let me know if that sentence doesn't make sense. No, I you get what I'm getting. (laughs) But this is an interesting development. Yes. Because definitely don't think that's a coincidence that these two families had a connection. Yeah, no. No. Young. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I thought about it for so long. Needham planted her there as their housekeeper. Well, but I think it would have happened before Needham showed up because she mentions Shinji giving her son clothes. Mm. So it would have been before Jihoon died. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, yeah, I guess that's true. I know, true. I like tried to reason it out. Or maybe was Lee Junkie, was she still a housekeeper for them? When Lee Gon, uh, not Lee Gon, Lee Lim found her? Yeah, maybe she was before and then she continued to be. Yeah. Afterward? Yeah. It's possible for sure. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to keep tabs on that. Yang also recognizes Shinjae's mom. Her doppelganger works in the palace. So, yeah. I'm definitely now, I think, Lidrim is getting his info from inside the palace from his mom. Mm-hmm. And that maybe Shinjae is either a hostage or is giving up, given up to a supposedly better life. Maybe a little bit of both. Unsup is back in the hotel. Tail walks in with Shinjae. And unsurprisingly, our boys are not happy to see each other. Tail shuts them down. saying, Did you say Unsup? Damn it! <laughs> Clearly, this got confusing for me. 
I mean, I completely agree. Uh, it's Good catch. I did that so many times and I had to go back and erase it, but clearly did not catch that one. Yang is back in the hotel. Tail walks in with Shinje, and unsurprisingly, our boys are not happy to see each other. Tail shuts them down, saying both of them need to help, so no fighting. They start mapping out all the doppelgangers slash universe crossers they know of. Lee Sang-do was sent to the Kingdom of Korea. Zhang Yangji was getting ready to go to the Kingdom of Korea. The traitor Kim Ki-hwan has been sent back to the Kingdom of Korea, and all of them have flip phones, but they need to find Zhang Yangji's. Shinje interrupts. You took Kim Ki-hwan back to the Kingdom of Korea? That's where he belongs, Yang responds. That's not for you to decide, Shinje argues. If he's reported missing, it will turn into a headache. What crime did he commit? Illegal immigration? The two shoot back and forth, but Yang shuts him down by asking, doesn't the law of my country also apply to you? Tail asks what they're talking about, but Shinje quickly switches subjects. Yang has the decency to catch on and asks Shinje if he'd like to go get some coffee. The two leave the room together and poor Tail is confused. <laughs> that was pretty funny because yeah. Yang was just like, uh... Man, I like kind of fucked up. I feel kind of yeah. bad. Would you like something to drink? <laughs> At the palace, Court Lady No is relieved to see that Ligon is okay. She asks what happened. Did you really see the traitor lead him? The king tells her yes, and that he let his uncle get away. He hadn't aged at all in 25 years. Court Lady No is in disbelief. See, even you don't believe me, Gon tells her. This is why I let him go. He wants to return to his world as an immortal man. So, a good explanation of Gon's actions. He knew to chase lead him down when he so boldly showed himself would be playing right into his hands. Mm -hmm. The king receives a call from the PM. If you're calling to check up on me, I'm fine, he tells her. She's relieved he is well, but she has other reasons for calling. She's heard of the conspiracy theory regarding Liden, so she'd like if he answers a question out of genuine concern. I trust that you'll be honest with me, she says. Was it Liden or his followers? Oh, the king then launches into this horse metaphor, which even I found overdone, about not yanking on the bit to control the horse, aka don't try to manipulate him by saying he should be honest and feigning concern. Ligon tells her that he encountered a group of Liden's followers, nothing more, and hangs up. I don't know how I feel about him lying to her. Same! I have really mixed feelings. Yeah. Because part of me is, honestly thinks that... Honestly, anyway. Um, that he should have told her the truth. Yeah. Because she's basically second to him in terms of power in the country and things she can do. It's true that now that he knows that Lidim is placing people in, like, trading out people from world to world and killing them. So she, he could be suspicious of her, be like, I don't want to give out too much information to people outside of my inner circle. Ah, uh, yeah, good point, good point. Because he doesn't know who to trust anymore, so who knows? Maybe he doesn't trust her, so he just gives her a blanket statement. Yeah, I definitely, I think... That is a really good point. I mean, I, and he's also just trying to keep it, like, literally himself and, like, almost no one else. And I get it, because I also don't trust the PM at all. But it's like it's like he said, this is not a personal matter. This is a matter of national security. So yeah. how are you not telling, like, the most powerful person in the country, like, beside yourself about it? That's Yeah. It's almost yeah. selfish. Yeah, I agree. I also think that she's, she's smart enough to get there on her own. And yes. I think she's going to. So yes. it's like, when she does, she's just going to be steps behind and mad at you. <laughs> Yes. Mm -hmm. When she could be helping you. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, it's like, you are taking this into your own hands. She is a publicly elected official. You yeah. shouldn't be doing that. Because instead of doing anything remotely strategic, he's basically just made this about his own personal vendetta. 
Good point. Yeah. Like just one on one, me and Liram, that's it. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not how this is turning out to be. Liram has been recruiting people to his side and he's been planning this for years. Yes. And you think you're just going to step in here and with vengeance as your only weapon and think you're going to win? No, you make a really good point. I hadn't pick up, picked up on how much he's kind of losing it. But I think yeah. you're right. It's like, yeah, he's letting the personal get in the way of what's best for his country. Yeah. Secretary Mo holds a press conference where she deflects and pretty much lies, albeit unknowingly, about the Liedem situation. Very curious to see if this comes back to bite the king. Oh, it probably will. Yeah. In the other world, Tail and Shinjake question Zhang Yangji. Tail brings out the flip phone, which is actually Lee Sangdo's phone, but they don't tell Yangji that. Tail puts the pieces of the story together, and Yangji looks extremely nervous. What do you think? Tail asks Shinjai, and this seems to convince him that their two murder cases are indeed connected. Liedem's goon also pulls up to the detention center, but he quickly reverses when he sees Tail and Shinjai walking out. Shinjai notices and recognizes the car that had been following him. At the station, Shinjai puts in a request for the vehicle's information. He can't remember the last digit of the license plate, but the chief comes up then and helps him out, remembering the car from their barbecue date. Their barbecue date? <laughs> Accurate. But also, it was so funny. Like, you don't <laughs> think the car works. reversing is not going to be suspicious? <laughs> and, like, I thought it was, like, going to reverse them out immediately go on the road, but they look down, and it's, like, still reversing, reversing, and it has, like, five seconds to go, and I'm like, that's so odd. Like, were they just watching each other? Like... <laughs> hello like how is that not suspicious i know it's like yeah you could have just kind of like parked to the side and sat there i bet he would have never noticed but then again it is shinjay who knows that seems like the less competent goon bookseller goon is more competent oh definitely yeah oh so i'm only including the part about the chief because it was an odd addition to the scene and i trust no one also the chief tells him you should partner up with jongmi on this which again why yeah I'm like really suspicious now of the chief because it is so because he's literally just like you, you need a partner. Why, why, why don't you take Jong me? And like that's it. And I'm like that's yeah, really. Wh-. And he's still going out on his own. Yeah, he has another rendezvous with solitude. Uh huh. Now it's solitude instead of loneliness. Is Jong me in the, on this? No. Good boy, Jong me's too good of a boy. I mean, Jong me does have a weird in, interest in Shinjay. Not weird, but. It is, like, he's just very, like, because he's, like, the way he brought him the blanket and was like, I want to, I want to make this smell much. And so he's always just hanging on with Shinjay. No. I think so. I don't, but the chief, man, he's just really, he's putting up so many red flags. See, I didn't see any red flags, but now that you're saying them, I'm like. Well, oh, I guess I'm thinking of it from also a very, like, meta perspective of why is this scene included? Which I know is not how I'm supposed to be thinking of it. Because I'm like, why yeah. did they have the chief remember the zero in the license plate? Was it just to show that the chief is competent? Maybe. Or is it something more? Does he know the license plate? Because he's involved. But why would he give up that information? Because if he was it led to no one. It was he knew it wasn't registered to anyone in the case, so he's like, Why don't I help? So I still seem like I'm you know, I'm a good guy. To throw us off the trail. I don't know. Maybe. But he also didn't have to be nosy. I know, I know, I'm just parsing it out because it's just like also it's like, well, if that was his thought process, if he is, you know, bad guy it's like also you didn't have to be nosy about it because like he didn't shinjay didn't expect you to remember well, the if you're car. like sidling up to someone <laughs> yeah well it could be yeah, he just saw it and so it's like okay well now mental note i know he's tracking that car i also i'm like 
I said the same thing about Booyang, and then look what happened there. So <laughs> I really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like I, said, I just trust no one. I was also suspicious of Booyang, though. I don't know if I actually believe it. I'm just, I'm just following the train of thought for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Everybody's it's suspicious. Really, it's just, well, it's like, we know he's supposed to be suspicious somehow with the whole loneliness, solitude thing. But is that just a red herring? Yeah. Because Prince Booyang was definitely a red herring. Rude. Prince Booyang is meeting with, speak of the devil, <laughs> more like an angel now, rip. <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. Prince Booyang is meeting with a group of politicians. They're complaining about the state of affairs, mainly that with a female PM, the government is weak, barf. They say that with the... <laughs> yes. That, exactly. <laughs> that is how I feel. They say that with the appearance of the traitor's followers, they're concerned for the king. They want Booyang to express his concern with the PM as the oldest member of the royal family. Booyang yells at them. The most senior member of the royal family is his majesty, not I. How many times must I tell you that I must stay out of politics? He orders them to get out of his house. But just then, the king walks in. Awkward. But I mean, at least he, if he overheard anything, it was just Prince Booyang defending the king's position. For sure, for sure. Hopefully he did. <laughs> yeah. Booyang is worried that the king will get the wrong impression, but he assures Lee Gon that the politicians came to the house uninvited. But the king just came by to be emo and confirm that Lee is alive. He tells Booyang that he's tracking Lee down secretly, and he needs Booyang to stay behind as second in line. You must stay safe, he says, as melancholic music plays in the background. And hey, I don't think you have all the sad episodes anymore. <laughs> no. Booyang worries about his majesty going after Lee alone, but Gan insists he will be fine. He just needs to make sure that Booyang promises to protect himself. Booyang agrees with a sigh. Back at the station, Shinjae finds out that, shocker, the vehicle is registered to a missing person. Tao wonders why there's a car tailing Shinjae, but he interrupts, asking her to tell him about the other world, the science fiction story. To her credit, Tao tells him the truth about her one-day adventure in the Kingdom of Korea, about how she ran into everyone at the station, but that even though she looked, she couldn't find him. Shinjae answers, I was here, and tells Tao that they have somewhere to go. <laughs> yeah. It's just, this upcoming scene, like, I thought about it, and, like, what they discuss, I don't know. Because no. I guess I didn't really under, well, at first when I watched it, I went, because I was thinking about, because essentially what they're talking about really isn't that emotional, and so I was like, I don't yeah. really understand why they're both getting yes, yeah, so emotional. But then I thought that, but whenever I was talking about it with you and you bringing up like Shinji could like be thinking, oh my goodness, like if she finds out like I'm not the real Shinji, I'm actually from this other world. Like, is she gonna think of me any differently? Is she no, no longer gonna want to be my friend? Like. And he's going to be completely alone in the world if she rejects him. And so I was like, oh, that's probably why it's so emotional. Yeah. And I, I, now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking like maybe there's also an element of, particularly considering what he, what he says, um, of empathizing on her part. Because Shinji, he talks yeah. like his whole life, he's just been like so scared and so alone and like so waiting for someone to come and be like, you aren't you don't belong here and so like that's why he's always been alone and it's like he's probably just like oh my god like i've suffered so much for like no reason and like tails hearing that mm -hmm. and is like super empathetic to that probably too yeah and part of me thinks there's 
a little bit of them both mourning like the actual Shinji. Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah, it's like yeah, where the hell is he? he Dead probably. probably. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I. That's another thing I like thought of. I was like, yeah, that's like part of them is probably like mourning like this tiny child who also was probably killed. Yeah. Just so Shinji could be brought here. Yeah, I think it's it's like a hard situation just entirely to like wrap your head around because there's no equivalent yeah. in the real world. Yeah. But I yeah, I guess that like even just finding out like yeah, your family is not your family, that would be insane. Yeah, finding out like your family's not your family and this life you've been thrown into actually isn't your life and your actual mother actually just abandoned yeah. you. Yeah, and like also you um, have no idea oh. why. Like you know that this stuff is happening mm. and that it's some kind of crazy plot, but you don't know how you've been manipulated into it. Like uh, yeah. Yeah. I and the thought that it's like this Liam is the one who brought you and it's like what puzzle is he in this whole right what puzzle yeah. piece is he in all like ugh what were you gonna say I wasn't gonna say anything I accidentally smacked my lips really loudly so sorry <laughs> <laughs> slipped totally I mean you have to edit this <laughs> the pair go to Lee Ji Hoon or gone in this world's grave. Tail says she can tell him who this boy is, but Shinji tells her he already knows. You said you couldn't find me in the other world. I know why. Shinji asks if she knows why he became a cop. Because he hoped he would be holding a gun in his hand when someone asked him to identify himself, so that I can either shoot myself or him. And my gosh, this I, made me so sad. I just didn't understand it. It's like, what? Yeah, I think I think it's like it explains why he was so closed off and combative as a kid is that he was scared of everyone because he knew he's like, I am not from this world. I am an imposter and I'm pretending to take this kid's life. I am pretending to be part of his family and not being like, yo, I don't belong here. And so I think he's just like waiting for the day when whoever like he was discovered or whoever put him there came back and he'd be like, well, I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to kill you, which is insane for some like 10 year old kid to be thinking. That is a really good... Okay, that makes... the scene makes so much more sense to me. I had to think about it for a long time. But yeah, I think it's like... That's why it's so freaking sad because it's like he has lived with this for his whole life and obviously at this point he's like pushed it down to some degree. But it's like... Yeah. In the back of his mind he's always known and he's been like so terrified of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like all those times we like, saw him alone and like getting beat up and stuff and like why he probably like joined a gang and all that stuff is because he's scared. Yeah. That's just crazy to me that Lidem would just like bring this kid over and he's obviously old enough to have memories and stuff like that. Like, did Lidem just think, oh, he'll just think it all happened in his coma? Yeah, no, it is really interesting. Like, and I guess that's probably, yeah, what he assumed. But like, yeah, why? I hope it's not just, I, I mean, I kind of hope it's more than just his mom gaining her loyalty because I'm like, that's such a, why a kid? That's a really big yeah. thing to do is to bring this kid over. And why? Yeah. But I guess it's also like Portia, he probably felt crazy because he's like, I am in this picture. This is me. This looks like my mom. Like, I must be the crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. Poor boy. Makes me wonder, like, what? Because, you know, talking about the nightmare. So the nightmare was his past or, yeah, was his life in the other world. I, so I'm what so is the sorry. Good Quick question. How do you say that word? What? How do you say nightmare? Nightmare? I might have said nightmare. <laughs> That's another way to say it. <laughs> Get it. I mean, it would make sense for this show because nightmare. Now. That's just. I think that's just a really Texan way to say it. Nightmare. Yeah. Now I'm nightmare. like thinking about it too much. 
It was cute. Nightmare. Okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah, I do say. I say continue. nightmare. Weird. <laughs> it's like monster. <laughs> or me like Hooters. Hooters nightmare. <laughs> Hooters nightmare. <laughs> Drawling. Drawing. <laughs> you gotta add that Ugh. L. Drawling. <laughs> I used to say drawling, and. I remember this one girl getting so angry at me about it. And she's like, it's drawing. There's no <laughs> L in there. And I was like, is it hurting you? Are you understanding me? Then back off. The only people I get really mad at were the pillow people. I'm just like, you don't deserve rights. Get out of here. Pillow. Fucking pillow. Also, milk. Oh. <laughs> no. It is milk. It is milk and pillow. <laughs> Pillow. Oh, how do you? Okay, crayon or crown? You're a crayon, crayon. gal. Yeah, you are. Okay, <laughs> like we've had this conversation. We have established this. <laughs> it was one of the pillars of our friendship. <laughs> As I say, pillars. <laughs> or obelisk. <laughs> no, yeah, cr- cr- crown people are on thin ice. Because <laughs> there's already a crown. Okay. A crown. It's like, no. Crayon. crayon. <laughs> anyway, what was his good dream then? That's what I'm wondering. I want to know what his good dream was. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's obviously something to do with tail. <laughs> I just, Shinji, his story just kills me. Because he didn't ask for any of it. And he like just struggled with it for his entire life. But he couldn't tell anybody about it because everybody was going to think he's crazy. Yeah. And it explains why he's so, like, alone and, like, just keeps to himself and doesn't tell anyone anything. Because he's like, well, if I were told anyone, they think I'm crazy. I still want to know why he ate so many sweets. Like, is that really just, like, a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe there's something to, more. A thing to help? Like, instead of, like, cigarettes or something to de-stress, it's ice cream? Yeah, maybe he's, like, perpetually stuck at 10 years old when he was switched or 8 years old or whatever. I don't know. Question everything in this show, for real. Yeah. Shinji tells Tail that he called Ligon's name. You mean he told you his name? Tail wonders. No, Shinji responds. I just called his name, the name I remembered. He again tells her that he is the reason she couldn't find him in the other world, because he was here. That's a fact, but as for the reason why, he doesn't know yet. Tail begins to cry, trying to comfort him, but Shinji wonders if she'll still welcome him when they discover the reason why he was put there. Tail hugs him, continuing to cry, and now Shinji is crying too. Everybody's crying in this episode, multiple times. Everybody's, oh, we're all crying in the club. We really are. <laughs> You're in the club? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my apartment. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm, that's the only place we're allowed to go clubbing these days. The PM is back with her former husband, current inmate, and he quickly gauges her reaction that it's true. Liam is alive. She wants him to find the videos of Liam. Why? The chairman asks. Do you want to catch the traitor or become one yourself? He again tries to bargain with his release. The PM offers April, but he refuses. Just rot here forever, she tells him, going to leave. Chairman Cho says he'll just keep the info to himself then. He then starts singing this children's song about frogs, which confused me, but shameless plug, shout out to Penny on the Discord for discovering that the song noticeably leaves out female members of the family. It talks about a daughter-in-law, but that arguably is just a relation and connection to a male member of the family. So this seems like it's the PM's ex sort of mocking her for being a woman and how she struggles to gain power and still needs the help of her prisoner ex-husband while she's supposed to be one of the most powerful people in the country, so. Wow, nice. 
see if you want some of these like quality conversations come join us on the discord shameless plug get a shout out <laughs> it's fun yeah, yeah. Talk and, about other things. uh just i feel like penny's like too smart for me <laughs> yeah she's like this is what i thought of this is what i thought of and i'm like i'm done i know i'm very scared now about every connection i make i'm like please verify penny please back it up <laughs> i'm glad she's there it's amazing i wouldn't have thought of any of that stuff which the show needs yes it needs a takedown of every little yes. thing <laughs> so much is happening everything is either serving the plot or product placement there is no outside yes there's no fluff in this show mm-mm the PM bristles at the song and relents, agreeing to get him out earlier if he gets her the information. He continues his mocking song as he leaves. That was a really interesting scene to me because that's the first time I've ever seen the Prime Minister, like, off-kilter. Yes! Which is why I was so interested in that song, because, yeah, it completely takes her off guard and she's just like, bye, no, I'm not dealing with you. Yeah, it. but even when she goes in, like, she's not... It, it still feels there's still that power imbalance of yeah she's like i don't like that i'm here asking you yes for help because like yeah even at the beginning of the scene like you can tell she's not the one on top here like she normally is because mm-hmm. usually you know she always has the perfect comeback she always knows exactly what to say again like she is an amazing performer and mm-hmm. here it's almost like with her ex-husband it's like that facade kind of drops and I don't know it's like do they do they like have feelings for each other like true feelings huh, because they're point. this scene like balanced with the first scene we saw them in I it very much made me see them as equals yeah no, I think they're they're very much two of a kind yes yes whereas the banter between the prime minister and gone is always very entertaining but gone always seems to get the last word in so you kind of always yeah. know it's like a, a losing battle but with the prime minister and her ex-husband it's like this awesome it's like this really nice like push and pull of mm-hmm. yeah basically just two peas in a pod you know kind of like i do wonder if maybe it's like he is pretty much the only person she doesn't feel the need to impress because it's like she has already Mm -hmm. taken him down he already knows everything about her he already knows how shameless she is so she can just be like yeah i have greed i'm shameless what of it yeah true yeah yeah so that was that was just really interesting to see her kind of be brought down a peg because that hasn't happened yeah no and i hadn't i hadn't fully because Realize even Gone hasn't even done that. Like, he's had some whippy comments, but she's never been brought down. It's always yeah. just, she just kind of does her little half smile. And it's just like, but she yeah. always has a comeback usually. But here. Yeah, and her demeanor yeah. never changes. Yeah, and so, but here it's like her ex-husband, just like, you could just tell, like, he humbled her basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, even though I'm locked up in here and I have literally nothing, I can still do things you can't do. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I like that either. It's like, because it I, I think it's nice that the PM doesn't have to wear the mask, but it's also like, dude, you are so sucky. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, look, I can't tell if it's like, he's just doing it from the viewpoint of her personally as his ex-wife, like, pfft. Like, I know what you're like. Or if he's doing it as like, pfft, woman, get in your place. I think... 
I mean, I don't want to give him too much credit because I don't really like him. But I think he's doing it because, yeah, he's angry at her because she's probably, from what I've gotten from the context of their conversations, is that she's the reason why he's in jail. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he's he's having as, he's just having the time of his life being like, yeah. For sure. Oh, you're coming. You're coming to me and making me have. I. Oh, you want me to do things for you? What, how, what about you? Do you do something for me that benefits me? Since mm-hmm. I'm doing so much to benefit you. But at the same time, he doesn't seem to dislike her. No, I think I think he admires her. Yeah. Because yeah, you make a really good point. I had not thought about this scene that much, but you make a really good point. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think he looks down on her for being a woman. I mean, he might have sung that song to be snarky and mean but i don't think he looks down on her i think he admires her a lot well i think he could Mm. have sung the song to still kind of point out her place in society yeah because it that keeps coming up a lot is everyone being like look at this woman yeah she's terrible she's weak and so it's like he could have brought that up be like yeah you're still not getting any respect are you out there yeah (laughs) without any kind of like commentary on it should be that way yeah Yeah, because it's like, is that what she's trying to gain from all these moves she's making? Like, is she just trying to get the respect of the people, like society in general? Because she just keeps like going like step up, step up, step up like prime minister. And now she wants to be queen. And it's like, well, does she think that that's just going to make everybody immediately respect her and the things she has to say in... No, that is a good point. Yeah, it's like I think she thinks that's the queen is best because I don't have to fight for it. Like once I get it, I am secured. I have the, all the power. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think I could see her character progression going to her realizing like I'm never going to get that. Like that's not on me. Yeah. That's on them. Yeah, because then she would literally if she became queen, she would literally be the person like the second person with the most power and nobody mm-hmm. would be allowed to really question her from that position but even if they did they couldn't really do anything about it because she's the queen yeah that's it so while being prime minister like she is there because of democracy like that so votes can swing any way they want so it's like if she makes one wrong move she's out right yeah she has to cater to them she's not really doing what she wants like why i i feel so mixed about her yeah because it's like, I respect your hustle, but I don't know that I like your game. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, if you cared so much about what the people around you thought, it's like you didn't have to go to these lengths because you could have been a respected person within your community. Like, why did you want to become a person who was respected by all of the Kingdom of Korea and potentially the world? Like, I don't understand why she needed to go to those lengths or she's trying to go to those lengths of right so it's like are you are you, are you like trying to change society's per- perception of you or women in general because i mean i support that but i don't feel like that's her end goal i feel like she's very much about I don't think so. herself and how people view her. Yeah, I think she, she, yeah, she wants power for herself. I don't think, and it's like, you know what, if I have to do this because the people like it and that gets me more power, cool. If I have to do this that gets me more power, fine. Like, yeah, like she wants to be popular and she wants to be loved, but 
she, you know, it, I don't think she has any kind of, I want to support her because it's like, yeah, it's awesome that you are this woman who came from nothing and you have risen all the way here. That is awesome. But I don't, I don't, that doesn't inherently give you a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, she has, she's just a fascinating character. I think she's, she really is. I think she's incredibly well written and well acted. Yes. I, li- I like that she is complicated, that it's like, well, I don't fully support her, but if she's just moving within a society that's, you know, she's been put in. Can I yeah. really fault her? Like, it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it's very realistic, too. I like the fact that she is going after the main guy, but not for the reasons that typically somebody would try to go for the main guy. Right, She's like, yeah. I just want to become your wife so I can have that position of power. Like, I honestly don't care about you. And I enjoy, like, the little snippets because th- I think that's what makes her so complicated is because there's these tiny snippets of when I just completely agree with her. Like, there's that one moment mm-hmm. where her stylist comes in and is yes. like, here are some of the outfits we've chosen and we've seen from studies that, you know, to come across more powerful or, you know. Yeah, like women in power palatable. that have worn. Yeah, yeah like it's like, is like. these suits, yeah, these pantsuits. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so I have to dress more like a man in order to yeah. be respected. And I was like go off go off she's like no i'm gonna wear what What i I what i want what i like what i feel good and powerful and respectable in what i like because you see i think it's in the last episode where gone is going through all the pm inaugurations and you see her first in the back row and she's wearing like a a pantsuit and then the next time she's moved up halfway through and like she's wearing a slightly more colorful thing and then finally when she's on the front row she's wearing like the bright purple suit and Mm -hmm. all of them she's surrounded by these men in these Mm -hmm. black suits and it's like Mm -hmm. it's such a good visual reputation of like her like okay well I have to do what I have to do to get here but like now that I'm in power like no Mm -hmm. we're doing things my way and like Mm -hmm. that was I was like I Mm -hmm. love that and I loved how it showed that too yeah I also really liked that those crazy heels they were so cute what she called them her yeah. like her Your, like war shoes or something war like that. shoes or like yeah. battle shoes or whatever yeah, that's and I was, was like yeah that I just love that small detail like yeah. why are you wearing those she's like they're my battle shoes I was just like yes yes own the femininity that is mm-hmm. fantastic yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's I have very complicated feelings about her but I enjoy watching her so much because she's so well written yeah and unlike a character we I've really seen in just tv shows or movies in general yeah I fully agree yeah it's like she is she's simultaneously such a product of her society but also at the same time is defying society and it's fascinating to yes watch. exactly <laughs> Exactly. I did not realize we would have this much to say about the prime minister. <laughs> I was like, where is this coming from? Okay, yeah, the scene with her ex-husband. Cool. <laughs> I guess we haven't checked in on her in a, in a few episodes, but yeah, she's very yeah, interesting. You know. It's so hard because every time she comes in, I'm like, no, I don't like you, but clearly I have a lot to think about her. <laughs> <laughs> See, I really enjoy her. I like her a lot. Like, Not like is a strong word. Oh, don't worry. But, I know. I mean... You know. <laughs> Remember who you're talking to here. <laughs> I but fully yeah, understand what you mean. I, yeah, and like, yeah. yeah, I totally see what you mean. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy when she's on screen. I like, I yeah, I just, I want to know what her part is in all of this. Yeah, me too. And I'm I, so I'm, curious how she's going to put all the puzzle pieces together and what she's going to do once she 
figures it out because I 100% know she's going to figure it out because she's right. a brilliant person and she's shown that. So for a yeah. while, I was scared that she'd go on Liedem's side, but the more I see, I'm like, there's no way she's going to be like, screw you, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I think Gone is worried that maybe she will. But yeah, I think you, you seeing made a point with that. All these scenes with her in them, there's no way she would do that because she knows Liedem's, she knows his appeal like with society. He's known as the traitor. He. If she went into cahoots with him, that would just have, that would destroy her. Yeah, I think she knows, because she's like, dude, I know what your game is. Like, I play the same game. Yeah, exactly. Like, you are charismatic, and you know how to manipulate people and move things around. Yeah. And it's she's, like, probably, she's like, I'm not going to be taken in by it. That's what I see. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and they are literally playing the same game. <gasps> yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. It's just he's doing it with blood, and she's doing it with maneuvering, political yeah. maneuvering. Yeah wow yeah yeah he's doing it by force and she's playing 40 chess yeah exactly Ooh. that's what's so weird to me about her because it's like i support you in theory but i don't know what you stand for and i don't know what you want so i don't know if i support you because it's like if you just want power for power's sake well once you get that power are you gonna do good things with it well we've seen you have power as the prime minister and you've done good things with it but is that just because you want more power or is it because you actually want those things to happen or is it a problem that you like does it even matter what you want or is it only matter that the ends justify the means and you actually do do something that is good like it's such a complicated that's why i'm like i cannot make my mind up on you because does intention matter is kind of her game yeah yeah oh that's such a good point yes it's like do 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 intentions matter when the outcome benefits the whole yeah that's whoa that's a really big question (laughs) we're getting um philosophical on here man like so long man she clearly she is one of the most fascinating characters because um honestly right now i truly think she is the one of the most fascinating yes i think gone is becoming more fascinating the more he's delving into the revenge side of Mm -hmm. his story and he's starting to lie and manipulate the people around him and his people and the truth and so that he's starting to become very very interesting yeah but yeah so far to me the prime minister has been the most interesting character well also just like what is her purpose because originally i was like oh, okay here we have like the other lead female competitor but she's turned into so much more than that <laughs> Yeah, I'm so curious as to what her role is going to be in all of this. Because, like, why is she being sent that newspaper? Mm-hmm. Why did Lee like, him visit her mom? Yeah. And leave his umbrella there. Which even, yeah. how did he do that? But also now, based on the security footage, it seems like time travel is on the table, maybe? Potentially. Who knows? Who knows? All right, Big that was question. a really long rant about the that prime good, minister. Man, yeah. I mean, it was all on topic. Good job, us. Yay! (laughs) All right, time for sadness. We cut to Buyang at his home office. He comes in with luggage. So I presume he's about to go into hiding or protective custody and searches for a book on the shelf. But the moment he pulls it out, the lights turn on and we see Lirim seated at his desk, covered in blood. Side note, I tried to look up the book he grabbed, but I think it was just a possibly made-up novel, as all I could find was a Russian film and a Star Wars character. (laughs) 
Buyang is understandably shocked to see Lirim looking the same as he did 25 years ago. Lirim mocks him, saying, You shouldn't be. After all, you were the first to find out I didn't die. Buyang yells for help, but Lirim points out blood. I slew them all on the way here. I came to collect what's rightfully mine, he says, picking up the ring that Buyang had previously been looking at. Buyang yells for him to put it down. That ring belongs to the king. Which, why didn't the king have it? Yeah, that's my next sentence is, why does Buyang have it then? <laughs> right? I was next in line for the throne, Lidum says. It's just that I was born to a concubine. I am the ring's rightful heir. Buyang tells him we dare not covet that ring. We? Lidum is disgusted. You and I never can be we. Lidum starts to choke Buyang, saying, I will choke our dear nephew just like this and take the man pashijak from him. He says Are he they needs- brothers? Cousins, I think. Cousins? Okay. Yeah, I had but, to think about it. I think they're cousins. Okay. Because I was like, what? Yeah, because okay, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Well, no. Mm. <laughs> well, because I, I think, if I remember correctly, I think they explained that Buyan's dad was the brother to the king oh, who gave right. birth to Lidim and Ligon's dad. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. So that's how he's Gon's uncle, but also... Okay, okay. He says he needs the king to suffer despair, and to do that, I want him to lose another person in his life. Buyang falls to the floor, dead, and Lidum crouches over him, saying, You're smart, so I'm sure you saw this coming. And placing the ring on Buyang's finger, he leaves. Which, what and does that mean? Yeah, at first I thought it was him trying to maybe, like, frame Buyang. But considering it isn't brought up, I think it's just, like, a calling card of sorts. Well, uh, my thought process, maybe. But my thought process was, when this happened, I was like, well, it's the king's ring... So if Buyang was wearing it, like, would the people come in and be like, I don't know, make assumptions that, I don't know, Gon got angry and, like, killed everybody because Buyang was like, I'm going to be king and I'm wearing the king's ring. And I was like, oh, no. But then that didn't happen. Yeah, I know. Because I thought there was, like, some significance to it. Like, yeah, because they would be like, and he was wearing your ring. And then everybody would be like. That means he was trying to raise a revolution or whatever, especially like yeah. based on the scene earlier where he was meeting with the like the other politicians. Yeah. yeah it like doesn't come up. So I'm like Yeah, I'm What is this ring? <laughs> it may come up later. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But right now it doesn't make any sense. Liden returns to the bookstore in the alley, and I wonder if this is where his gate is. The yo-yo kid is there, wearing the bunny jacket and reading King Arthur again, and as lightning strikes, Liden's face lights up with the glowing scar. Why aren't you surprised? he asked the kid. Because I'm a curious person, the kid responds. I don't like blood, he says, referring to Liedem's face. Did you fight? Liedem says he's in the middle of one and asks what the kid is reading. The kid tells him it's King Arthur, a story about a man with noble blood drawing a sword and becoming king. Only those with noble blood can become king, Liedem questions. That's a terrible story. Forget noble blood. The sword must be drawn by those who know how to use it. What if a villain draws the sword, the child asks. Someone who isn't just. Liedem responds, justice doesn't make the sword. The sword decides what justice is. The child dismisses Liedem, telling him, I want to know how this story ends. And Liedem looks like, what the fuck? (laughs) I really liked that conversation so much. (laughs) Just everything Liedem says. I'm like, write that down, write that down. Well, also the kid. Well, the kid said something. Everything about your world keeps changing or something like that. And I was like, what? Well, that's when Liedem's like, what the fuck? Like, he, the exactly. way he looks at him is like, whoa. Yeah, because, I mean, I had the same exact expression. Yeah, because he's like, like, everything in your world keeps changing, and I want to know how the story ends. And yeah. it's like, he kind of makes it seem like it's coming back to the book, but it's like, no, I think he's telling Liedem, like, I want to yeah. know how your story ends. <laughs> yes. And it's like, who, 
are you? Who are you, you creepy kid? <laughs> yeah, just like Lido's face just really gets because it's like the first time we've ever seen him taken off guard. <laughs> I know. He's <laughs> just like, what the fuck? <laughs> also, if we're to read into the story of Arthur at all, then things are not going to end well for anyone as pretty much everyone dies. Also, I don't know if this is intentional, since this may only be a thing in the translation, but I like the double entendre of noble here, because it seems like Lidim is using its hereditary sense of ruling mm. nobility, whereas the kid is asking about righteousness or being an yes. honorable person. But I think Lidim's not getting it. It's like, I, I hope that is intentional, because I love that. It's like that wordplay yeah. of yeah. like, what if they, like, why can only noble people, people bored of nobility? And he's saying, well, no, noble people who do good things. Mm, and I mm. like that doesn't even cross Lido's mind. He's like, noble means blood. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Just yeah, I love that whole conversation because they both make good points. Because like I don't yeah. agree with Lidim, but he has a point. That's how history has played out. Yeah, the quote about justice does not make the sword; sword decides justice. Oh, it's yes, so good. it is so good. Love that- it. Tail is back at the hotel, and I think... What? No thoughts. Just that. No thoughts. She does not think. I, said, I didn't say Yong. I said Taeyong. <laughs> like, from NCT. He here. I'm just like, hello. Is he in his kick it outfit? He's just in the background dancing to Superhuman. He has me in his, his kick it outfit. He's like, let me introduce, introduce you to some, some new things. And Yang's just like, sorry, I was new watching day. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what my mind possessed. Because this is, I 100% remember this was an instance in which I wrote Insip and I deleted it and went back to write Yang, but instead I wrote Taeyong. <laughs> That's why I was like, I had to break down. I was like, who is Taeyong? <laughs> That's funny. All right. Tail is back at the hotel, and I think Yang is disappointed that she didn't bring Ligon with her. She brought him some homemade food. And Ligon? Excuse- you mean Shinje? No, I think he's disappa- disappointed because I think he was like, oh, are you alone? Like, I think he was hoping that oh. Ligon had come back. See, I thought he was anticipating Shinje. I also thought that, but why the fuck would he care if Shinje came? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's got a crush on Shinje. Oh, Who man. Knows? Maybe that's the couple. Young is kids. just us. Just loves all the boys. <laughs> Me too, Young. No, I also thought that when I first read, but I was like, it's got to be Legon. It's got to be him hoping that he's coming to get picked up. Who knows? Take, Take me home, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. She brought him some homemade food, and excuse me while I recover from my shock that there was actually unsponsored food in this episode. I know. <laughs> I was, like, really waiting for her to pull out something and him to be like, this is delicious. Me too. Looks at camera. <laughs> me too. Yang pulls out Ligon's phone and hands it to Tail, saying he can't look anything up on it. She wonders why, but Yang just sighs, saying, you'll see. I can't even say it. We see that Gon has used their search history technique to leave a message to her, saying every day in her world was scandalous, which, all right, interesting adjective choice. I'm but right. Taylor, I, like, well, I, I missed that. That wasn't on the show. It's like, but, is there something that happened off camera? Right. Mm-hmm. I can explain it. Was the palace big? <laughs> But Tail, of course, gets all emo to have some message from God. She tells Yang she's amazed he didn't delete it and deletes it herself. <laughs> I don't believe that one got you. 
<laughs> I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> it was just your joke parroted back to you like six episodes later. <laughs> I know. That's so funny. You are the funniest one. It's true. No. She tells Yang she's amazed he didn't delete it and deletes it herself. There can't be any trace of them in her world. Yang remarks that besides the king himself, Tail is the only one who can delete what his majesty wrote. He then gets serious, asking if Tail can handle it. They belong to different worlds. Ligon is the king of a country. He needs to be with someone who can be his queen. Can you abandon everything you have here and become the queen of the kingdom of Korea? Can you keep the two worlds a secret for forever? Which, dang Yang, like, lighten up. But also, I, like, I didn't know that her becoming queen was on the table, so that's cool. But also, I, like, honestly don't see Tail giving up her world to become queen, which again scares me as far as how this is going to end. Yeah. I feel like I have a pretty simple explanation for this. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. let me guess what it is. <laughs> like a way, well, like a way to like make this all work out. So like she can go off and become the queen of Korea. Like when this is all over and if they still have the flute, that's the main thing. If the flute doesn't get yeah. destroyed, they still have the flute. She can go off, become the queen of Korea, and then, like, for holidays and, like, special occasions, like, why can't she just, like, come back? Like, she can give some sort of explanation to her dad and her friends and family and stuff like that. Be like, hey, I'm moving to a different country or something. <laughs> that doesn't Granted. have cell service. <laughs> oh, I guess that's right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they could definitely make it work. They could come up, yeah, they could fabricate some sort of story where she's like, hey, like, like she could still, like, come back and visit. I feel like that could happen. But granted, like, I could also understand, like, why Tao wouldn't want to just uproot her life and leave because that's you know. my main thing is i think like just given what's been established so far i don't i think it's like she likes her job she likes being a detective she wants to promote like i don't see her giving that up to become queen which i don't think really suits her i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't be mad if it happened but i, I guess it just it doesn't seem too much in her character either yeah but then again no, i don't I agree. know her character's kind of like hasn't had much these last few episodes if i had one gripe about them i do agree It'd be the product placement. If I had two gripes, it'd be the product placement <laughs> and Tails' character. Yeah, she yeah, she hasn't done a whole lot these past couple episodes, except... Well, I guess, especially this one, because it's like, she's been a badass girl, and this one it was just her crying yeah. all the time, which, like, not that there's anything not badass about crying, but it was just... <laughs> it was just very, like, one note for the whole episode. Like, and Tails is sad. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't want, I don't want to put any stigmas on emotions on this thing. <laughs> anything badass about crying? I bet if Yang cried, it'd be the most badass thing you've ever seen. Uh, Just that, I mean, that sentence on a T-shirt. <laughs> At the palace, Ligon seems to be agonizing over the same thought when Secretary Mo comes in. Prince Buyang is, but she collapses in tears before she can say anything. We next see the king going to mourn his uncle in a scene very reminiscent of Buyang's arrival at the palace 25 years prior. Oh. Ligon looks dazed, not even going to help when Court Lady No collapses behind him. <laughs> this boy cannot keep a father figure to save his life. <laughs> that was so painful. Yeah. Like, your words, no, your words hurt. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I know. <laughs> Well, also, I'm like, who's second in line now? I'm guessing it's one of Buyang's kids. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Liram comes in. Hey, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, if, you know, Liram had played his cards right, he was it. Wait, was he even in line for the throne at all? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Because I'm wondering if, you know, if Liram had been like a little less bloody and forceful. Yeah, a little like, less obvious. If he had just like killed the king like inconspicuously, like he could be second in line right now. True. And then the slowly poison. Yeah, gone. Legon, we know? shouldn't help him like this. <laughs> Tail is watering the seeds of the imaginary flower, but they still refuse to sprout. She looks up and sees Gon standing on the street outside her house. She rushes outside to him. She has tears in her eyes, telling him it's been a while this time. He has a bouquet, saying he realizes he never even gave her flowers, which is why They're he crossed fake. the universe for her. <laughs> hours. Damn, call him out. It's just that was like one thing that annoyed me. It's like you notice. guys seem to have an incredible budget. You couldn't get real flowers. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I didn't I, notice. Wow. Yeah. At least they looked sense. fake to me. She goes towards him, but seems to stop at the serious look on his face. He puts the flowers in her hand, saying, But the thing is, I have to go back now. Now? Tail is shocked. Gon tells her, I realized I never told you this before. I love you. All day, every day. I'm so sorry, I cannot be serious ever. It's <laughs> basically what he says. Tail begins to cry, but he kisses her then, and it's so dreamy. Oh, and then I start screaming, because I'm like, he's crying, and I didn't notice that before. But what confused me was there was there's a moment I don't remember what they're saying, but Tail like goes like takes a step back from him. Yeah, I was like, why? Because I had to watch that a few times. I think it's like she rushes forward, like "Yay, you're here!" and he looks really like serious because he knows he's only here to give her the flowers. And she sees that look on his face, and she's like, "Uh oh, what's wrong?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm only here for because that's what he says right afterward is like, mm. yeah, I have to go okay. back." Yeah, so yeah, I know that also process. confused me because I was like, "What was that?" It's like, "Why you step away from this sad boy?" Right? Comfort him. But yeah, that's her was... best kiss so far. Oh yeah. Do, okay, I was like, "What does Kelsey think?" She's a lot more. <laughs> she's harder on the grating. We see Tail open her eyes then, and she's standing there alone. As Gone voices over, there will come a moment when it seems I've disappeared. I don't want you to worry too much when it happens. It just means I'm walking through the frozen moments in time. Tail truly breaks down then, hugging the bouquet of flowers to herself. This was a good scene. Mm-hmm. I don't. Part of me. This is the part because they didn't show time passing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, didn't feel earned. Yeah, I totally feel it. Yeah. So I do that think. Was... I don't want to say the romance is falling flat for me, but it's getting a little bit stagnant for me. It just did that. It's like it's the same scene over and over again of like, oh my yeah. god, you're here. Yeah. I agree. Also, I, I guess agree. this means it's time for our final showdown because I'm, assu- I'm, I'm assuming that that pause <laughs> in time was uh, Liedem coming back. Because, like, Legon, I don't know what for reason, he was like, I have to face him in the Republic of Korea. So I guess he's, like, hunting down Liedem over here. Also, what the heck was that preview? I know! <laughs> like, eh, she's just bloody with a gun and, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, like what is that? happening? I have no words for that preview. Yeah. Like, cannot even guess what that is about. Yeah, no. I can't. I'll just wait to experience it. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was, was, I was not expecting something that intense. I also wasn't expecting tail at all. I know. Is she being chased? Like, yeah, is Liedem catching on to her? 
because that's my biggest fear is like he knows that that's Gon's weakness. So give me the flute to the girl dies. Yeah, I wonder if because we haven't been given any insight if as to if like Lidim actually knows that Tail and Gon know each other, right? I don't think so. No, because yeah, he's only mentioned her in the context of looking into the missing people or the murder cases. Yeah, so part of me wonders if at some point Tail and Gon are going to meet up and since Lidim now knows about Tail because of her connection to Shinjay and her being the cop who's like been investigating the Mm -hmm. care center and stuff like that, if he's going to have somebody tail her Mm -hmm. and then be like, oh... Now I see the connection, and, like, that's how that's going to go down. Or maybe she's just maybe she's just going to be tracked down because she's the cop who's been investigating, and they're like, okay, we're going to take you out. It sounds like it. That I would – that was going to sound wrong. I was going to be like, that I would enjoy more. No, I enjoy but, that. I but, swear I – oh, yeah, I did. Wait. Did I talk about how Luna is terminally ill? No, we did not talk. I about just like that. completely that was missed crazy. Over this. Okay, <laughs> insert me insert this like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> At the station, Detective Kong tells Gon. <laughs> I just completely skipped this paragraph. At the station, Detective Kong tells Gon that Luna was released two weeks ago before completing her sentence due to being terminally ill. Gon requests to meet her in person, and the detective says they will track her down. So, is she actually terminally ill? That's my main question. Me too. And like, or if that's just what she said. Well, also, like, what a weird thing. Get... Like, you could just be like, I'm dying. And they're like, you get to go out. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And then she, like, went yeah. and, like, almost killed a man. I'm like, that's why that was yeah. a bad idea, maybe. <laughs> that's very so... strange to me. And also, like, Gon looks at her so, like, significantly. I don't know. But yeah, I'm so, like, how does that fit into the whole Luna? Like, Luna in general is just crazy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm so curious about Luna still. <laughs> I can't believe um, I just completely missed that paragraph. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like, did it have to be confirmed by a doctor that she's terminally ill? And so does that have any reflection onto Tails? That's what I'm they wondering. have the same biology, like, yeah. same DNA. Like, is Tail potentially also terminally ill? So, like, I wonder if that's what mm. Gon is thinking about when hearing that information. Like, well, if Luna is basically Tail just, like, in an alternate reality like could that also be the same right it might show up in tail as well yeah i had that same thought yeah so who knows (laughs) back to the end of the episode (laughs) i'm so i'm very curious where it's going because yeah it's like i could see it going very cliche and predictable from here on out but i'd be shocked if it did (laughs) yeah i'm really hoping because what i was about to say was that I would, it's going to sound terrible, but I would enjoy it more if Lidim went after Tail because Tail's good at her job. Yeah, that's actually an extremely good point, yeah. Instead of the cliche of like, oh, I have the girl you love. Yeah. Now hand over this thing. You can save her. It's like, no. Also, what was that accent? (laughs) (laughs) That's actually, I thought it was Lidim. I thought he was there in your house. (laughs) (laughs) So... But yeah. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at the Dramatized Pod or 
Follow us on the Discord. At Dramatized Pod. Ah, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was, knew I was going to mess up somehow. You got this. Anyway, follow us on Twitter at Dramatized Pod. Also, come join us on the Discord. Yeah. Have lots of intelligent conversations, probably with Penny. <laughs> Not us. This is a comedy <laughs> podcast. And until next time. Don't get traumatized. By the dramatized. Yay! <laughs>